0: And welcome to the Senior Detectives Podcast, a cozy corner to talk about mysteries of all kinds.
1: I'm Hannah. And I'm Lauren. Today we will be covering The Man Who Died Twice, a Thursday Murder Club Mystery. It is a novel written by Richard Osman. We'll start today with the preface of the novel. Sylvia Finch wonders how much longer she can do this. One foot in front of the other, her suede shoes darkening in the autumn puddles. Death hangs about her like a fine mist. It is in her hair and in her clothes. Surely everyone she passes can tell. Will she ever be rid of it? Sylvia hopes so, and she also hopes not. When was the last time something truly good happened? Something that gave her some hope? As Sylvia keys in the security code for the door, the sun breaks through the clouds. In she goes. So the preference doesn't come back until, like, the epilogue, basically. The very, very end, yes. To the point
0: where I had, like, forgotten
1: this yeah. entirely
0: because i read this book really slowly over the course of like a month and yeah i had just totally forgotten about this preface by the yeah. time it rolled back around to where i was like huh this kind of came out of nowhere and then i realized i was like oh
1: <laughs> yeah i like it though i like that it comes back in that it comes way full
0: circle in a, a really sweet heartbreaking way um <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about it <laughs> but uh yeah true yeah it's quite good and it doesn't have anything to do with the main plot of the book but it's definitely has a payoff for Mm -hmm. sure
1: i think most things that are put into this book have a payoff and i really appreciate that
0: yeah he's good at richard osman is really good at weaving a story and making things pay off and not just be extraneous details because there was a few Mm -hmm. moments Especially in Joyce's chapters, where I was like, "I mean, I appreciate these details that we're getting, but, but I don't know why we're getting them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and most of them, if not all of them, pay off, uh, which is very satisfying to read.
1: it is they're big props are a couple of things, I suppose that I wish had gotten more of a payoff, but he doesn't leave them hanging. He does talk about them, which I appreciate from a mystery perspective because there's some stories that just never talk about it again ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's so frustrating for sure. So how did you feel in comparison to the first book about this
0: book? Um, I had a really hard time comparing them because really? the first one is such kind of like a traditional murder mystery and This one, to me, reads and plays out like a spy thriller. It is super different. I loved it, but it's so hard to compare them because it's two different types of storytelling, two different types of stories. I think in their own merit, they're each really, really good. I really liked this one. And the more I mull on it, the more I like it. But it is really hard to compare to Thursday Murder Club because that one is the traditional whodunit yeah and this one it's not so much a whodunit as much as just like what the hell is going on (laughs) and there's i mean there are actual
1: spies and it's yeah it's it's a different type of story there are actual spies i think i'm not as intrigued by the story as i was in the first one Mm -hmm. however i think his writing got better and i enjoyed reading it a little bit more. I mean, the writing in the first one was really good, too, and I enjoyed it a lot. And, and it might actually stem from knowing the characters already and like being in yeah. love with them already. But I just think that in this one, he really got to me even more than he did in the first one.
0: Yeah, I would think that, I mean, as a reader, for sure, it feels that way because you're already familiar with the characters. But as a writer, I feel like he's probably in the same boat. Yeah. He already loves and knows these characters. So it's so much easier to dive a little deeper into them. That's a good point. And he really knows how to make them come to life even more. So I I do feel like the writing is of the same quality. It's just that he was able to dig into these characters a little more. The plot isn't maybe as compelling, but... Mm -hmm. There are so many moments in this book that I really, really love.
1: For sure. And those moments for me are not the big thriller spy story. They're the little moments in between that these characters share. Oh, yeah.
0: I have a few tabbed that I want to read because it's so hard with these books because you can talk about the plot all you want, but I feel like these books really shine in those little Tiny character interactions Mm -hmm. and conversations and all of the wit and charm is there, not necessarily related to the plot. So I wanted to make sure we conveyed that in this episode because... It's really so charming and so good.
1: I totally agree. I'm honestly reading it for those moments. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: why I don't really care that the plot's not as compelling because I'm just like, I'm just here to go. I'm like Joyce riding around with Elizabeth. Like, I don't really care what we're doing. I'm <laughs> yeah. just happy to be just
1: here. So along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But I suppose we should get into the plot. <laughs> It opens with
0: our good little group, the Thursday Murder Club, and they are sharing two bottles of wine at lunch together and discussing several different things. I love how much they drink.
1: They drink so much.
0: (laughs) It's like 11 a.m. and they're like, two bottles of wine. and I don't see an issue. I mean, honestly... If I get to be retired in my 70s, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to be doing.
1: <laughs> Joyce, we learn and we probably learn it in the first book, too, but she's only 65. Yeah, she's not all that old. She's not. She's
0: really not. No, like that's I guess that's of a retirement age. If, England might retire a little bit earlier than Americans.
1: But to move into a village, it certainly <laughs> other... doesn't
0: feel like she should be living in a retirement village. It yeah. seems like she should just have a normal house out and about wherever she wants to be in the world. But maybe she just wanted the stability of it. I'm not sure.
1: And then, like, society. Right. She's definitely the young
0: one of the group, I, I think. I don't remember how old Elizabeth, Ron, and Ibrahim are, but I would imagine that they are at least 70.
1: That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking initially for everyone. Um. Yeah, Joyce is thinking of getting a dog. Uh, she wants to <laughs> adopt a puppy.
0: And... Ibrahim's kind of like trying to talk her out a bit but she knows that he also is the sort that like as soon as she gets this dog he's gonna be head over heels for it he's
1: gonna walk it all the time and like fall Mm -hmm. in love with it yeah (laughs) yeah right off the bat they hit you with the feels though oh my gosh yeah so Ibrahim says
0: something along the lines of or actually I think it might be Ron um, because neither one of them are super for it but he's talking about like the death of an animal and if it's morally responsible to get a dog that's going to live 10 to 15 years when you are when you're older older like that yeah he says you must never die before your dog you must die before your children of course because you have taught them to live without you you only ever teach your dog to live with you and I was like oh god I (laughs) know Like I'm not ready for this. This is the first chapter. <laughs> my bu- my heart is not prepared. No. So, my first thought was like, well, then adopt
1: an older dog. Yeah. Get a little senior pup. They need they love, They always sit in the to. shelters for too long. Yes, exactly. Also, Joyce is 65. I think she'll be fine.
0: She's got 10 to 15 years, I would hope. Yeah. Because it seems like she takes pretty good care of herself. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think she'll be fine getting a dog. But it's so it's so sweet. It is sweet. They They are sort of complaining because the new waitress at the restaurant is not very good. (laughs) Her name's Poppy and she's just kind of an airhead and never remembers their orders. Seems like she doesn't really care. Not really a great waitress.
1: (laughs) But while they're having this entire discussion, Elizabeth is Distracted, super distracted I mean, she Mm -hmm. plays it off She can be thinking of a million things at once And no one will know Mm -hmm. Um, But Relatable Yeah, (laughs) right (laughs) She has received a letter from a man named Marcus Carmichael Yes, and
0: it's very intriguing And because it's very important to the story We wanted to read it for you verbatim So here we go Dear Elizabeth, I wonder if you remember me Perhaps you don't, but without blowing my own trumpet, I imagine you might. Life has worked its magic once more, and I discover, upon moving in this week, that we are now neighbors. What company I keep. You must be thinking they let in any old riffraff these days. I know it has been some while since you last saw me, but I think it would be wonderful to renew our acquaintance after all these years. Would you like to join me at 14 Ruskin Court for a drink? A little housewarming? If so, how would 3 p.m. tomorrow suit? No need to reply. I shall await with a bottle of wine regardless. It would be lovely to see you. So much to catch up on. An awful lot of water under the bridge. Mm. I do hope you remember me and I hope to see you tomorrow. Your old friend, Marcus Carmichael.
1: Water under the bridge. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink. Very clever.
0: So Elizabeth is thinking to herself about... Marcus Carmichael.
1: In her inner monologue, she says she hasn't seen since 1981 when she was part of a team that helped recover his dead body from the bank of the Thames River. Hmm. It was so intriguing. I I know. I. This is chapter one.
0: <laughs> right. This is the hook. This is the hook. And yeah, she's really mulling over what to do about this letter she received. And then she drops on you at know, the last line of the chapter that like,
1: yeah, he's dead. He's super dead. How am I getting a letter from him?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was instantly like, oh, boy. Oh, we think, shit. I, yeah, so the man who died twice, I spent the entire book trying to figure out who this was. Uh... Like, who the man who died twice is. And we get an answer, I think answer, it has many
1: meanings.
0: It does, for sure. And Osman gives us one for sure, meaning of it in right the last the chapter.
1: Bat. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, right off the
0: bat, we have a man who has seemingly come back from the dead somehow. Mm-hmm. So. Yep.
1: I thought that this is going to go a lot further than it does. <laughs> no, it <laughs> ends really quickly. But for
0: <laughs> yeah. a chapter or two, until Elizabeth looks into it, uh, we are left wondering
1: because... Mm-hmm. Because he fucking loves cliffhangers. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, he does. Oh, my God. That was my biggest like (laughs) quarrel with the first book is that he loves a good cliffhanger and I hate that shit. He loves a cliffhanger
0: and his chapters are very short. I like short chapters though. I like the short chapters, but if everyone has a cliffhanger,
1: you're Uh, like, okay, well, I can
0: read another one because it's only two pages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you just Mm -hmm. keep going. (laughs) And then you're there until you finish. (laughs) Yes. It helped with this one because I took notes for the outline as I read it. So with each chapter, I would stop and write a little blurb about it. So that helped break it up a little bit, but it's so easy to binge read these books It for is for that exact reason.
1: Yeah. I read over half yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> they go so quick. They, they really do. go so fast. 100%. So ends on a cliffhanger, obviously. You figure it out, but it switches over to... DCI Chris and PC Donna, right? Those are the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, so. And they are like besties now. And I, I love it. it.
0: They have the best relationship. So Chris is now dating as of the end of the last book. Chris is dating Donna's mother, Patrice, mm-hmm. and she loves and hates this, <laughs> right? <laughs> which I get, you know, I mean, yeah, you love to see your parent happy and like she is genuinely friends with Chris, so she loves to see him happy and taking care of himself a little better because his mm-hmm. mom is encouraging him to do so. But she's also like a little bit gagged by how lovey-dovey they are. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's the
0: beginning of a relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. They are very much in that cupcake honeymoon sort of phase.
1: Mm. Very smitten.
0: It's very sweet, though. It is. It's cute. Chris and Donna are on a stakeout. There's a local queen pin named Connie Johnson. I think she's meant to be in, like, her mid to late 40s, somewhere in that range. Oh, really? That old? Maybe a little younger, but I think she's comparable in age to Bogdan. Yeah, he's in his 40s. She operates a drug trade out of a local storage unit, and they have been trying to nab
1: her, get evidence on mm-hmm. her for a very long time. They've yeah. been staking her out. For the drugs and also because they think she killed some people. It just happens, you know, it's part it's of the business. how it goes.
0: <laughs> but uh, as they're sitting there, somebody knocks on the window and it is Connie herself. And she's brought them two coffees and is like, yeah, I know you're here. I've been staking you out too for like two weeks. I kind so. of like
1: Connie. <laughs> I do too. Here's the thing again about Osman man, I like almost all of the antagonists
0: because he gives them a little bit of humanity he
1: does yes, he makes them
0: relatable in some sense, mm-hmm. no matter what Connie for sure, like you get some inner monologue from her later in the book and yeah, she's relatable. you get it yeah, and, like she's just out here doing her things. she's living her <laughs> life, man. It, it's illegal, but you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you look past all of the shitty things that some of these characters have done, I'm like, oh, I actually kind of enjoy reading from their perspective. Mm -hmm. And even Donna later says that the only person that she really likes in this town is Connie. (laughs) (laughs) But Yeah,
0: yeah, I get it, you know? Uh, So she's very savvy, and she's onto them. Mm -hmm. So not really going anywhere with that investigation. And um, then we get a little Joyce chapter, which are always... Written as if they are her writing in her journal. Mm-hmm. I like the Joyce chapters a lot. I do too. They're my favorites. Yeah. So it's it's directly just her inner monologue. She sometimes she's like out and about interacting with other characters, but a lot of time it's just her reflecting on stuff she's done with other characters.
1: Right. Or very weird insights into the rest of joyce's life yeah (laughs) like
0: this one in which since their last thursday murder club investigation she is really desperate for like anything interesting to happen in cooper's chase she wants some sort of excitement she's like i just need somebody to like get arrested (laughs) she just needs something and in the meantime is knitting people friendship bracelets for charity, which apparently she's really bad at it, but it is very cute, right? Like that's what makes it so cute—is that like they're terrible. <laughs> and she made Bogdan one who he's from Poland, and she makes him one that what she thought were the Polish flag colors, but it's not the Polish flag colors. I don't see are how she could have gotten that wrong. But, I don't know, but okay. she made him one that's yellow and blue, and of course Bogdan wears it anyway
1: because <sighs> I'm in love with Bogdan. <laughs>
0: same swoon he (laughs) is such a like hard ass but also like the biggest softy in the world and i adore him he's my favorite character (laughs) he's the best every time he shows up i love him so much Mm -hmm. yes he's a sweetheart and she has been dreaming and thinking about her husband jerry a lot lately and just misses him a lot
1: oh my god this line this line i also put this in my notes it (laughs) got to me (laughs) She's talking about how
0: in Cooper's Chase, you know, like everybody or a lot of people at least have lost like their life partners. And she says, I imagine if you could hear all the morning tears here, it would sound like bird song. And oh, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Joyce. <laughs> uh, Richard Osmond is just going straight at the heartstrings. We're only three chapters in. And I have oh, cried yeah. twice as I'm reading this. He's, like She's
1: literally on. Un- Right now, she's crying. Right now, (laughs) I can't talk about it without crying. I love how horny Joyce is, but when she like stops to think about her late husband, she gets really emotional and sincere. She's a helpless flirt, so
0: every time she interacts with any man,
1: Mm -hmm. she flirts
0: with him. Yeah, (laughs) which is honestly, I love. No matter what, she does not discriminate. (laughs) No age doesn't matter. Like age, criminals care. You know. (laughs) she's such a i can picture her so clearly yeah it's these little details that really bring her to life for me she is thinking about adopting her pet this dog that she wants she had a little passage that was so sweet i wanted to just read it really quickly she said there's an animal rescue center just across the border in sussex and they have all sorts there the usual cats and dogs but then also donkeys and rabbits and guinea pigs I've never thought that a guinea pig might need rescuing before, but I suppose they do. We all Mm -hmm. need it once in a while. And I don't see why guinea pigs would be any different.
1: Like, Uh, oh, (laughs) (laughs) she's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's so cute. Joyce, man.
0: Elizabeth ends up going to head over to meet Marcus Carmichael as he requested. She seems kind of nervous. She does, which I, fair, because she's like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Yeah, what is happening? She, I guess, is thinking to herself on the way there about what happened with Mm -hmm. Marcus Carmichael.
1: I got so excited when she started to tell this story. One of my main issues with the first book is the lack of information on Elizabeth and how convenient it was that she was just had all these contacts and she has this secret life that we know nothing about. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of annoyed about it in the first book because I was like, this isn't realistic. But Mm -hmm. the minute she started talking about her old life, I was like, yes, we're getting Elizabeth backstory. It's so
0: good, too. It's so juicy. Yes. I would say this book is about Elizabeth. It's her whole history coming to confront her and her figuring out how she wants to move forward it all revolves around her past and you get so much more depth to her in this book.
1: Yes, totally, and I'm so here for it. Yeah, cuz you weren't you didn't love her so much last in the last I didn't book. like her. I thought she, she was manipulative.
0: Across, yeah, she comes across as really like cold and manipulative, but you get all this backstory and like it yeah. all
1: makes sense. I get it. It comes full circle to the point where I now think she's pretty sincere with the people that matter to her.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Or she
1: really tries to be, even if she doesn't know how to be, she like is in her heart. Right. And I'm so glad that depth was added to her character.
0: Yes. I have a tab later in the book where one chapter in in particular, you get that specific insight into her. Uh, So we'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, she's thinking about Marcus Carmichael and apparently, so this was, a fake man that Mm -hmm. she invented and she would use this man's name marcus carmichael and she would pass secrets to the russians through marcus
1: carmichael
0: right like an alias right and then when the russians got too close she faked this not real person's death by using a borrowed cadaver from a teaching hospital and faked pulling his body (laughs) out of The Thames River (laughs) faked burying him, had a fake funeral (laughs) so that it kind of cut off that point of connection. Mm -hmm. The Russians, it was like a dead end for them. So she got
1: a letter from a fake man that she invented, which at this point I was like, what? Who?
0: Who is it? Then, Yeah, I know. (laughs) So
1: wild. Yeah. But
0: she arrives at 14 Ruskin Court and who answers the door? It is Poppy, Poppy. the terrible waitress. The terrible waitress. Which
1: I did not expect
0: after her introduction in the first chapter to be any part of this story.
1: That she would be anything but like a little funny joke character. Yeah,
0: just like detail on the side. But turns out she is in this house with Elizabeth's ex-husband, Douglas.
1: Yep. Which is also like a cliffhanger that they leave you on. So you find out that Poppy is Douglas's handler, uh, and this is a safe house. And, but but it ends on that. Like it ends, yeah. oh, you never really were a good husband, were you, Douglas? And you're like, oh, shit. What? <laughs> yeah. It's our ex-husband. <laughs> and then it ends. Fucking
0: cliffhangers. Right. I guess she mentioned having an ex-husband before. Yeah. So I guess I, I did know that, but it still totally caught me off guard. I've forgotten it. And yeah, so... It's her ex-husband, Douglas. And they both were MI5 agents. That was their career. She was an actual spy. She's a spy. We, had just, we just had to, like, theorize on that in the last book. But we have answers.
1: Yeah. It jumps to an Ibrahim chapter. So none of these chapters are first person. They're all third person. And it's it's really interesting how he writes them. Like, they're... From the perspective of the character, but not always and totally, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. But I love it. I think it's so cleverly
0: done. It really is. And so, like, yeah, this chapter, you're following Ibrahim as he just has, like, a day out by himself. And even though it's not his inner monologue, per se, you feel like it's an intimate day with Ibrahim. Right.
1: Yeah. I... Love all of his thoughts on this day. He's They're worried so... about parking. He's <laughs> he's introduced to self-checkouts so you don't have to talk to people. And he's excited about it. He's so
0: anxious. It's relatable. And relatable because we both struggle with like heavy anxiety. And yeah, he's like worried about all the things that, like an actual anxious person would be worried about. Like parking. So yes. just like it's not anxious about anything like big and scary in the world. It's just those little day-to-day rough spots where
1: you're like, I wish I didn't have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I need to go out into the world right now? Yes. And he's having such a good time. He's, he got coffee. He read in a local bookstore and I was eating up this chapter. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then, oh my God. And he had forced himself out
0: of the house because he knows he doesn't like to leave home. He has an anxiety about it. And so he was like, I'm going to force myself to just like, go have a good day and do exactly what I want to do. And it's a lovely day until it's not.
1: Until it's not. He just as he's like getting back to his car or before he gets back, he gets attacked by three teenagers. They steal his phone. They like kick him to the ground or push him to the ground. And then one of them comes back and Beats him senseless. I think he kicks mm. him senseless. I hated reading this. This it's kind of terrible. shit is so visceral for me. This is why I don't watch things that have war in them. <laughs> I I can't. I can't do it. He's just such a gentle soul of a human. Uh, they built it, He built it up on purpose to make you love him so much about the beginning of this chapter and then this happens
0: it ruins the little bubble that he had like put you in yes ibrahim's like little comfortable bubble which is i mean that's the whole point i was a little angry i'm
1: not gonna lie i get so i mean frustrated (laughs) i understand it's for the storytelling oh man and i thought that he was gonna die and i was pissed Mm -hmm. i was mad I think I even texted you about it because I know at one point, like there are three books. These are old characters. I know one of them's going to die before the end of it. That's just storytelling. Yeah. I hope that they don't, but I was not ready for it to happen at the beginning of the second book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt too early.
0: Was, I'm not, not ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it just cuts to black as he like...
0: Loses consciousness. So you don't get an answer if he's okay or not. You don't know anything. Ugh.
1: <laughs> it's, Ugh. And, and
0: then we cut, like, there's rarely two consecutive chapters in this book, like, that follow the same characters. If ever. So, of course, he leaves you hanging a little bit for, like, a chapter or two. Of course
1: he does. Because that's what he does. That's what he does. <laughs> that's how he keeps you going. Uh, so it cuts back to Elizabeth and Douglas. <clears throat> Sorry, I am also... Today
0: We're both very allergy heavy today. Yeah. <laughs> so apologies if we sound a little off. <clears throat>
1: um, they are continuing their meeting. And he explains that he so he still works for MI5. And mm-hmm. even though Elizabeth is retired, because she's actually 10 or 11 years older than him. And he was doing a special service operation where he was surveying a smuggling middleman named Martin Lomax. So Lomax is sitting pretty at this huge luxury
0: estate. And he basically is like the holding place for fine art and gemstones, anything that's being illegally traded apart from like people he's holding in his house. And he gets to kind of avoid both ends of that system. So he gets to avoid a lot of the violence and stuff. And yeah he's a very smug man i like him <laughs> and uh douglas has been surveilling him that is the reason poppy and douglas are hiding in a safe house in cooper's chase but you don't really get a reason as to like why yeah that's relevant yet he doesn't fully explain quite yet yeah um we do learn in this chapter that elizabeth and douglas for that matter are like elizabeth is a dame she is dame Elizabeth Best what does that mean so you know how in England when people who excel in either their art or their field or whatever they're knighted Uh so you have like Sir Ian McKellen yeah Dame is the female equivalent of that so she's essentially like knighted by
1: the queen oh Okay, it's a
0: big deal. So yeah, her being a dame and like not bragging about it, and her wow. friends don't even know about it. They don't know like anything big, about I, her. No, they like dropped that little detail, and I was like, she's a dame. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> and they're talking about like, oh yeah, like when's the last time you like name dropped that you were a knight or that you were a dame? And he's like, oh, it was when I was trying to get Hamilton. T- <laughs> 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 Yeah, remember that. <laughs> it's relatable i get it like i don't want the attention but also give me, give those, me the give me those Hamilton tickets yes
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah man i and they also honestly i really like the relationship between Elizabeth and Douglas Douglas is kind of a shit person but mm-hmm. i think think they were shitty to each other? Oh, absolutely. And they have accepted that in each other. They've forgiven each other and now it's like witty banter. Like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you were good at that and adultery." And then later on, he's like, "You were good at that and adultery." So like, right. They I don't know, I like it a lot actually. Yeah, they have a good
0: relationship. And it seems like they always did. I mean, they both mm-hmm. had multiple affairs during their marriage, and it seems like they don't hold it against each other at right. all. Douglas at one point in the book mentions Elizabeth caught him every time he had an affair, but yeah. he never caught her having an affair, yeah. even though he knows that she, had she did. Him. <laughs> She's just smarter than him. She's just better, sir. Yeah, he's really smarmy and cocky. Um, they talk about how handsome he is and how he really like uses it to his advantage mm-hmm. and just kind of a womanizer, kind of a dude, even well into his older age. He's probably in his like 60s now. Still like she even I think wonders a little bit about Poppy, like cause yeah. Poppy's supposed to be like like mid 20s, maybe mm-hmm. like she's really, really young. And Elizabeth even wonders like, oh, I wonder if I wonder if something's going on here. Yeah,
1: I would hate him. If I knew him in person. And to be honest, I do kind of hate his character a little bit. I just like his relationship with Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cut to Chris, Donna, and the Thursday Murder Club. They all visit around Ibrahim in the hospital. Um, I love Ibrahim, man. <laughs> he's also one of my favorite characters, if not my second favorite. Because he's like, well, I don't really remember much about the <laughs> attack, but... um, <laughs> he had this kind of bike and this kind of shoes and this like, its crazy. <laughs> right. They're trying to get any information
0: on this kid that beat him up. Like the one who came back and really like mm-hmm. kicked Let him, him and stuff. And yeah, it's so funny that he pretends not to <laughs> know yeah. anything. And then he knows all these little details that most people would never notice at all.
1: And they're able to get a name on this kid almost immediately because of it really quickly. Uh, yeah. They identify
0: this kid as Ryan Baird. Chris and Donna are kind of like, I mean, the most we can do is arrest him and question him. But like, we don't have anything to connect him to the crime. If he doesn't have Ibrahim's phone on him, Mm -hmm. if we can't find that phone, like we don't have any way to connect him to it. So the most we can do is question him. And then he's probably just going to like get away with it.
1: Right. But Chris subtly, not so subtly hints to Elizabeth that maybe she could do something to make sure he doesn't get away with it beyond the scope of the law yeah which you know
0: Uh, chris knows he's like yeah she's got this (laughs) It's not gonna be a problem (laughs) elizabeth and douglas uh we cut back to them they are taking on a walk through the woods poppy's kind of like trailing behind them with some headphones on um just kind of keeping an eye out and um they're discussing his predicament and the issue on the table, sorry, Hamilton, is that he's he stole <laughs> 20 million pounds worth of diamonds from Martin Lomax. So they it's ridiculous. He and Poppy broke into Lomax's house to install like surveillance gear, like cameras and stuff like that. And <laughs> according to him, he just saw them sitting there and couldn't resist. Just had to take him.
1: It's a little retirement fund, is what he called it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So he is
1: in Cooper's Chase hiding out. Because this guy is angry that his diamonds are gone. And everyone assumes it was Douglas. And these diamonds don't
0: even belong to Martin Lomax. They belong to like the American mafia. mafia. So like he's got a lot of heat on him for this. And he yeah. is asking for Elizabeth's help. To help hide him and protect him.
1: Elizabeth is like, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> but let me get something in return. So right. Conveniently,
0: she needs information on Ryan Baird. So that's what she uses as leverage here. Yes.
1: I do love in this. It's either in this chapter or when they're in the safe house. They mention they've heard Elizabeth calling in a lot of favors over the past year and that's a nod to the first book and i'm so glad he put that in there it was like because that's another thing i was annoyed about with the first book i was like how does she just have all these favors that are owed to her endless amounts of contacts and Mm -hmm. favors and how would people not be noticing but i'm glad (laughs) that they say that they did notice they definitely were noticing (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: we cut to a Joyce chapter. She is re- reflecting on how she now has an Instagram account. It's a real account. I oh my it god! Up on did, oh my god! I have to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an actual someone has made an account, and it's just a bunch of pictures of her rescue dog that she eventually gets, which is very cute. Are and you sweet.
1: serious?
0: But all the captions for all the photos are. 10 out of 10 old lady who doesn't know how to use Instagram. Oh my god. It's I'm so looking cute. at it now. I highly recommend. The username is Great Joy 69. <laughs> oh my
1: god. <laughs> this is this is filling my heart.
0: <laughs> it's so good. I definitely I followed. Highly recommend. Um so yeah, she's excited cuz she has her new Instagram account and she's able to like connect with people and she can't figure out how to open her DMs but she has like hundreds of DMs and she's like I just can't I don't know how to look at them.
1: It took me way too long to realize <laughs> that was a sexual joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's also thinking about Ibrahim's accident. Um she's been visiting him in the hospital a lot. Ron very sweetly has been sleeping in the hospital I with know. Ibrahim, like it's staying so there cute. with him full time, which is yeah, just
1: absolutely adorable he loves him so much in a very wrong way which is not admitting it
0: right yeah and he's like no i'll just it's fine i'll just sleep here she just reiterates that they are not going to let this kid get away with this
1: cut to a martin lomax chapter once again i like him (laughs) yeah he's not the worst like you would kind of think he would be he has mental shit like everyone else and i think he's Socially very different, but it also makes him kind of endearing to me because he doesn't get the world the way everyone else does. No, not at all. I'm I'm okay with it, but I mean, he's also a shitter, right? He's a shitty
0: person (laughs) who does shitty things. But you're also like, I mean, I get it. I get the human that you are.
1: Mm -hmm. He is taking a stroll in an extensive formal garden that he has outside of his house with a journalist from the Sunday Telegraph who came to interview him for Britain's Best Gardens because he loves his garden. And I like that I about that. him.
0: Yeah, it's like his pride. He has all this money and all of this luxury and he pours it like all into his garden, which is, you know, I mean, there are worse things you could be doing. Yeah, it could be way more sleazy.
1: Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> even leave his house. Like he only deals with the people he deals with. Right. And you come to him. Yeah, he is
0: very much right. one of those people like he's not going to go meet you. You're going to come to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just at the tail end of this chapter, uh, he hears a helicopter approaching in the distance.
1: Cliffhanger, obviously. <laughs> Once again,
0: <laughs> um...
1: the next chapter is basically
0: just Elizabeth filling in the murder club on the situation with Douglas, because they were not aware up yeah. until
1: now. I like how Douglas was like, don't tell anyone, okay? And she's like, I'm going to tell all my friends immediately when I walk out. Thank you. Right.
0: She tells them that, too. Like It's, not like, it's yeah. not like she just thinks that to herself. She's like, oh, no, I'm going to tell them, and you can't stop me. <laughs> yeah. She trusts them, though. That's like that inherent level of trust that she has with them, to where like, this is clearly a serious situation. And she's like, I know they're not going to tell people. It's fine. So, yeah, we have a chapter where Chris and Donna do arrest Ryan Baird about the incident. Um, They question him, interview him, his lawyers there with him and they have to let him go without much fuss. They don't have any evidence on him.
1: I feel like they let him go too quickly, like even his they call him his solicitor, like his lawyer. Even he's like, "Are you sure you don't want to question him more, or try to get any evidence or anything?" And they're like, "Nah, he'll g- he'll get no, it his fine. too." We just we know we don't have anything on him, so you can go. <laughs> I found it like, yes, you know something's gonna happen to him, but it's still your job to do due diligence.
0: Yeah, and also if you're trying to put on a charade yeah. here that you like really do want to get this kid, but you just don't have what you need, like they don't play that off very well
1: (laughs) some of the things that chris and Donna do i'm like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not the best they blur some lines they blur a lot
0: of lines (laughs) (laughs) um yeah joyce and elizabeth have a little talk with poppy this is where she gives them like the folder with all of the information they have on ryan like a
1: lot of information and then we get
0: a we get a chapter from Douglas's mm-hmm. perspective, and he's having a nice little evening. He's reading in his bedroom. He hears the front door open really slowly, mm-hmm. and the spy in him is like that's
1: not good yeah he immediately <laughs> knows something's up so he Im- right immediately goes and hides in the wardrobe he
0: gets out of bed makes the bed to make it look like he wasn't there and hides in the hides in the closet in the wardrobe mm-hmm. and sure enough a man with a gun comes sneaking into his room and almost immediately finds him like oh this, yeah because he's in, in the wardrobe
1: <laughs> <laughs> like where else be? <laughs> <laughs> it's not there's no narnia back there i like the
0: effort that he took to like hide sir yeah (laughs) um so they kind of just briefly talk right before the assassin raises the gun and points it directly at douglas's forehead and
1: then of course what do we have a cliffhanger he toys with the idea that if someone doesn't die on screen then they're not actually dead you know But he kind of throws you around with that concept. (laughs) You never really know. Well, I was so sure that he did die here because
0: I thought this was the man who died twice. Like, he's died. He's come back to life. He's going to die again. This is him dying again. Again. So I was just like, yeah, he's dead. They're going to find his body.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I was okay with it because I didn't really like him. But I was a little sad that we weren't going to get more from his character. Fret not.
0: So Ibrahim... We get a chapter from him recovering in the hospital and just his inner thoughts about that and how he knows how deeply this is going to affect him. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, as a therapist, super self aware, he, yeah, he knows like how trauma works with the brain and how your brain kind of like erases it and that, like, basically it needs time to do that. He has this thought the brain, that magnificent dumb beast. He knows that alien chemicals are currently racing around his brain, protecting him in this moment of crisis in time. These chemicals would fade leaving nothing but a faint stain. When they say that time heals, that's what they mean. Like most things, when you really drill down into them, it is neuroscience, not poetry. Yes. Time heals. Time heals. But what if time is the one thing Ibrahim doesn't have? Uh. <laughs> so, so it's like he knows the reality he's going to be okay and that the trauma is going to fade, but he's just not sure that it can happen fast enough.
1: Yeah, because he's old. He's set in his ways. And he's just kind of resigning
0: himself to like, I'm okay with just not leaving my house ever again. And I hate that for him. It's so upsetting. Yeah, you don't want anybody to feel that way, but especially because he was doing so well and making such a conscious effort Mm
2: -hmm. to fight
0: against that. And and then then it backfired and so
1: intensely it backfired
0: where like, I don't blame him for being like, well, the last time I went out, something terrible happened. So not doing that again. Yeah. Like I I don't blame him at all either.
1: Yeah. And he, if he was already anxious before, yes, I, I hate this situation for him. So much. Mm-hmm. And I, but I love how logical his brain is and how scientific yeah. he is. I just love him. He's able to, yeah, like
0: take that emotional screen off and just think about everything. So analytically, but it doesn't help him move forward. Right. It makes him be like, okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna be a shut in. Um, and it's a bummer. It's a real bummer.
1: To a Joyce chapter. She received a call in the middle of the night from Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is like, come to Ruskin's court as soon as you can. And obviously Joyce does because <laughs> she goes along yeah. with the flow of Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, Joyce is introduced to Douglas, who is alive.
0: I never saw it coming. I was actually genuinely surprised to hear that he was still alive. It wasn't like I was shocked, but I was just like, oh, so he didn't die.
1: Uh, he says that the assassin was about to shoot him, but then Poppy came in and shot the assassin instead. And Poppy is very upset she's
0: she, not okay she's brand new to this whole field
1: yeah she's you know she's only like 25 she got pulled out of college for this she was double majoring in languages yeah i didn't even know you could major in a language <laughs> yeah she's very intelligent and is essentially
0: recruited and her first real assignment she has to kill someone and she's very shaken up by it. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Joyce realizes that this is why Mm -hmm. Elizabeth has called her to come over because Elizabeth knows she and Douglas are bad at comforting
1: people. I love it so much. She goes and she puts her arm around Poppy and she has the realization that she's probably the first one to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's why she's there. Uh, I love
0: it. It's great. It's great because it's, it's such a good moment for Joyce Mm -hmm. who knows and can, like, read people well enough to know, like, oh, this is why Elizabeth called me here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also great for Elizabeth, who knows that she's like, I know Poppy needs comfort, but it ain't gonna be me, so (laughs) I gotta call (laughs) Yes, It's like, I don't know, it's a good moment for both of them to know themselves and their friends so well. Yep. For sure.
1: Two MI5 agents arrive that are gonna handle this case. Their names are Sue and Lance. Uh, and they take everyone back for questioning. And it's all very like, oh my gosh, Elizabeth is such a legend. It's super weird that we're here with you now. And these little ladies are like, we're not giving you any information, but Lance, you need hair <laughs> transplant.
0: Yeah, Joyce just spends the whole time thinking about how she wants to tell Lance he needs hair transplant because <laughs> yeah. he's I think he's meant to be like in his like late mid to late 40s and he's like. Five years ago, he was like a very handsome man, mm. but he's kind of like losing that edge. Yeah, she really wants to interrupt the whole shooting so interview process to tell him, like, you should just get some hair transplants and it'll be you'll be great. But <laughs> she can't find a good moment to cut in. Yeah, And Sue is described very much as a younger mm. Elizabeth. Same cold, serious, no nonsense sort of. Agent who is just all about business and she thinks to herself she's heard of Elizabeth. She was like right. this kind of legendary agent and you can tell she's a little bit intimidated by her, but she doesn't want to admit that.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to play it cool. Mm-hmm. And then after they're done and Joyce gets back home, she finds a note in her pocket that says, Ring my mom with a telephone number. Uh, which presumably came from Poppy because mm-hmm. Poppy is also now being questioned and potentially uh, who knows what's going right. to happen I mean, to Poppy. So
0: She's having a really rough night yeah. and she wants her mom. Like that's a very relatable thing. Like mm-hmm. you've had this horrible night and you're in shock. Like you want your mom. I get it. Yeah, for sure. And so does Joyce. So she totally understands that. We have another cut in this chapter In the middle of the night. And Ryan Baird is playing Call of Duty super loud in the middle of the night, disrupting all his neighbors. Mm -hmm. And he's just thinking about how great business is for him lately. And he's got that like teenage invulnerability. Yeah. Like God complex where he's like, nobody can touch me. Mm -hmm. I'm on top of it. The police
1: can't even get me. Right. They called me in. They don't have anything on me. I'm totally getting away with this. It makes you like him less However, he also talks about how he used to get bullied and now he's like, who's the stupid one now? I'm not stupid. And so I'm like, again, I was like, this kid needs help. It just reiterates that he is a kid kid. who just needs some
0: guidance and help. I don't think the book ever mentions his parents or anything really like that. So it's clear that like he doesn't seem to really have a support system or anything like that. So, yeah, he needs needs help. help. I
1: know he did a fucked up thing, but like... Maybe you guys could, I don't know, recognize what's happening. (laughs) Anyways, I really like the chapters when he cuts between a bunch of different perspectives. I think it's super clever. Like, what is everyone doing in the middle of the night? In this
0: one night? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we also get a glimpse of what Martin Lomax is up to in the middle of the night. And he, yeah, he's got like a super secret spy secret room yeah. behind the tv you in his have like to home theater go
1: on to the movie list and pick a specific movie for it to open
0: yeah you pick a movie but then he changed the language to Cantonese right. and that's what open it. opens the door which I was also like it was yeah, cool it was it a was cool, cool spy moment but he gets a call from MI5 who absolutely knows who he is and it's funny because They're like on speaking terms with each other. They're like like friendly. (laughs) Right. He knows that they're like watching him and they obviously like know that he knows. And they're just like, yeah, so (laughs) do you employ a man by the name of Andrew Hastings? And he's like, yes, I do. And he's like, well, we're was he working for you tonight? No, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. And they're like, oh, well, bad news. He's dead, he was shot dead, uh, <laughs> attempting to murder a member of the British secret services.
1: So, <laughs> Martin's like, Well, that's me. a bummer, but whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, what can you do? <laughs> These things happen.
1: Yeah, so yeah,
0: it was Martin's guy who was after Douglas, of course. Of course,
1: the next day, Ron arrives at the Ruskin Court house, uh, angry. That Elizabeth didn't call him in the middle of the night. He is all
0: flustered that he didn't... He got left out of this fun situation. Um, yeah, he's so just pissy that he's oh, yeah. been...
1: I've been taking care of Ibrahim and you didn't even call me and I don't feel appreciated. <laughs> uh, and
0: so to kind of... Soothe him. She hands him that folder of all the information she got on Ryan Baird. And she's like, We got this. This is gonna take your mind off of Ibrahim. He's not gonna get away with it. We're gonna take care of this.
1: Do the revenge. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she comes up with this plan, um, which involves Bogdan! It took Bogdan! way too long for him to enter this book. It
0: really did. So yeah, Bogdan is part of the first book and <laughs> you don't super get a feel for who he is as a person till like toward the end of that one. Mm -hmm. But he's such a delightful human. I love him so much. He also kind of has like a gray background. Oh yeah. He's
1: shady as fuck.
0: (laughs) He clearly is like down to murder and keep his mouth shut about it. As long as he like agrees with the reasons for it. He's supposed to be like, he revenge murdered someone in the first book. You revenge murdered
1: two
0: people. I think. I think so. Um, but he also like comes over uh, all the time to play chess with Elizabeth's husband, who has pretty dementia. like severe dementia by mm-hmm. this point. And their relationship is the uh, cutest thing in so the whole cute.
1: world. He would do anything for Stephen and Elizabeth. Oh, he like any is like of part of their family now.
0: Yeah, and it's so it's so sweet he's, to like watch them. Uh, he's such just a cute hang out man. He just he'll, he'll the people that he cares about he will do anything for them right like once you're in with bogdan you are in yeah
1: he wears joyce's friendship bracelet he
0: wears the friendship bracelet (laughs) i love him i love him so much he's so great um yeah but it very much has that like tough guy Mm -hmm. exterior Mm -hmm. to him apparently he's very handsome Um, he is kind of walking up on this ruskin court situation so he sees that there's like vans parked outside and like stretchers being taken out and he's like what the and Elizabeth kind of diverts him away from seeing too much mm-hmm. um obviously he's on to the fact that she's trying to do that yeah. and but she totally confesses to him later later that night he's playing chess with Stephen and um she's like Bogdan I need you casual casual buy 10,000 pounds of cocaine for me please can you do that yeah and he's like okay. no problem <laughs> He's like, no worries. I he literally like- <laughs> just like
1: said, sure. Okay, yeah, when like, do you need I it? got
0: this. Don't even need to think about it. Yeah. And she clarifies that it's unrelated to the MI5 incident from earlier. And then she kind of fills him in on what was happening there.
1: I wonder why Elizabeth is so openly talking to Bogdan in her house. I'm like, especially later, I'm like, why do you not assume your house is bugged? I feel like her house would super get bugged.
0: It's interesting because I guess sh- she's retired. I don't know if that's why she thinks like, oh, they're not going to be interested in what this old seventy-year-old lady is doing. But, they but like, would man, would get interested. You absolutely, especially with, with the events. Yeah, like all the red flags being raised with her calling in all those favors yeah, in the last book. yeah. You would think, but yeah, she's pretty casual about.
1: Mm -hmm. everything
0: she does (laughs)
1: yeah yep yep yep. cut to douglas he has been moved to a hideout in hove which is near brighton um which is just another safe house and this chapter is from his perspective he's he's not the best
0: i was so mad (laughs) reading this i was just like "Oh, oh i hate this man um yeah this is where the like he has a good relationship with Elizabeth and that's why we enjoy that's them it. bouncing off each other. But uh, apart from that, like, he's a shithead. He is the typical... Narrative thinking to himself about like how the times have changed. Mm -hmm. Things just aren't like they used to be. And everyone gets offended by nothing these days. People are too sensitive. And he apparently had to take a gender and sexuality awareness course in MI5 because he was being super inappropriate and Mm -hmm. creepo. He got kicked out of the class because he wasn't getting it. So they gave him one on one coaching To help with that but then he was like buddies with the one-on-one coach and so he passed that course with flying colors and you're like oh cool great love to see it Yucky. (laughs) yeah he's thinking a lot about like elizabeth and their marriage and this is when he's he wonders if she has motive to hate him because he's wondering if she maybe has interest in these diamonds and wants to kill him and Mm -hmm thinking about how he cheated on her four times during their marriage. And then after their divorce, he married the fourth mistress, Mm -hmm. then cheated on that lady and divorced her. And she was an MI5 agent and got that lady fired. Yeah. He's pretty messed up. He's just the fucking
1: worst. He's pretty messed up. I do think that he genuinely loves Elizabeth. Yes. But he's such a pig that he blew it. I think that definitely comes across.
0: All of those other women were flings and he very much is stuck on her. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you blew it, my dude.
1: Consequences.
0: And she's got Steven, who is the best man on the earth. Yeah. And she's not looking back. No, no, <laughs> so. no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's just like, <laughs> got to figure out how to get these diamonds. It'll be right. all right. Yeah. He's thinking about like the diamonds are the only
0: thing he has left. Very much thinks of them as his retirement fund and his way out um, of his, like, shitty life that he's made for himself. Well.
1: Yeah, well. That's well. on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a Joyce chapter next. She has mm-hmm. called Poppy's mother and filled her in on what happened. Uh, Poppy's mom didn't know anything about what her daughter did. <laughs> and is obviously... I don't know that she's distraught by this news, but is like, what the fuck by this news? Yeah,
0: she didn't know her daughter worked for MI5 at all. She's like, I remember her having some really serious interviews and them doing a lot of background checks but that's all i really knew yeah (laughs) like oh your daughter's killed someone for mi5 like (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah yeah she's like oh okay uh and of course joyce so sweetly is like well you should just come over to cooper's chase for lunch someday
1: i like that joyce took this relationship upon herself even though it backfires later it Mm -hmm. just i like joyce i did wonder not
0: as a like Oh, Joyce is stupid. But because we're dealing with spies here, she calls this woman and like doesn't do a whole lot to confirm this woman is actually Poppy's mother and like is to make sure she's like on the phone with the right person. (laughs) And she like spills a lot of spy information. It's a lot of secret. (laughs) I'm like, oh, Joyce, I don't know. Maybe wait until you can see her in person. She's
1: just she's little Joyce. I don't know. She's I know. (laughs) She's just. And she's excited to be doing this without Elizabeth for once. It's like her yes. thing. Uh,
0: and speaking of, she has plans to join Elizabeth on a day trip to Hove tomorrow, But she doesn't know why they're going to Hove, mm-hmm.
1: and she doesn't care to know.
0: She's like, Elizabeth asked me to go. I will go, yeah.
1: So they are actually going to Douglas's hideout because mm-hmm. Douglas has asked Elizabeth to come because he wants to show her something. Oh, that's like because eh, the freaking the cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth really
0: quite quickly because she didn't know about the the ring my mum thing, so she pretty quickly deduces that Joyce has been in contact with Poppy's mom. I don't know Papa's how mom, she does that. And <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense." Like she's not worried about it or bothered by it. So she knows that Joyce is in contact with Poppy's mom. When
1: I read that little bit of it, I wrote in my notes, I was like, how? How did she figure that one out? Because it's not explained, and I'm like, that seems like you wouldn't be able to. But Whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, eh. It's a yada yada thing. We don't need to. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) So don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Cut to Bogdan meeting with Connie Johnson to get the cocaine. This is from, it like flits, I think, between Connie and Bogdan. Mm -hmm. And so she's super attracted to bogdan she's into it (laughs) she likes bogdan which
0: same Uh, yeah to the point where she kind of like loses her cool oh yeah
1: for sure like i feel like
0: if she just acted like her normal self who like knocked on chris and donna's window yeah then bogdan might actually be interested but she like
1: over overthinks what she's gonna wear what she's gonna say and her what Bogdan's going to perceive. Yes. 100%. <laughs> and none of it works. Bogdan is like put off by her to the extreme.
0: Her outfit's too much. He's like, this perfume is awful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it totally backfires because he's like, oh, well, I'll let you get on to
1: your date. Because he thinks she's, she's dressed going up on a for date. A date.
2: <laughs> and she's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Uh, but he gets the cocaine and he hands it off to Ron, who is dressed as a plumber, and they're going to use this cocaine to frame Ryan Baird,
0: which at this point I was like, oh, oh yikes.
1: God. <laughs> this seems at least they're not murdering him. <laughs>
0: Right, so yeah, we'll get back to that. But um Elizabeth and Joyce, they get to the hideout, and I'm just gonna talk about this whole chapter, yeah, as one well because he gives you yet another cliffhanger here, and I'm like, yes, okay.
1: it like it goes between them to somebody else, and then back to them for just a little bit, and then to somebody else, and then back to them. Yeah. You know. So
0: we'll we'll talk about what happens here. So they get to the hideout, they go inside, and it's totally empty. Nobody's downstairs. The back door is wide open, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth. Instantly, it's like, Something's oh wrong. shit. Yeah. Those tingles are like going off. They go get some knives. Yeah, they grab some knives out of the kitchen and Elizabeth is like, okay, Joyce, stay here in the kitchen. I'm going to go check upstairs. And of course, she like heads upstairs. As she gets to the top of the landing, she turns around and of course, Joyce is just following her <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> Holding the knife the correct way, apparently. Yeah, she's so pleased with Joyce's grip on the knife. And the, and the correct, Yeah, um, but they do unfortunately find poppy and douglas's dead bodies in the yep. master bedroom they uh have been shot yep. through the head each a professional job gnarly yeah like to the point where their faces are not identifiable yeah you can tell it's them but like you can not like their faces are not intact anymore um so if elizabeth takes her own private photos on her cell phone mm-hmm. of the crime scene uh, all kinds of photos so she can review those later. Yeah. And then she runs back out to the agent that's sitting in the van across the street uh, to tell them what's happened.
1: Like, bro, did you realize that a bunch of people just got shot? Right. Hello. <laughs> on your watch. And they don't. They freak out. Yeah. They're like,
0: oh my God. And like run away <laughs> <laughs> into the house. They're like, oh shit. Um, and in this moment, Elizabeth knows they're going to take her phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she hides it. Uh, She pulls like a loose brick out of the wall nearby and Mm -hmm. hides her phone there because she wants to be able to have those photos. Which I
1: think is super clever. And later on when she goes to get it back, she has Bogdan go get it because he's just... Mm He's her little helper, man. She knows she also like
0: can't return there without raising suspicion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And he's like, of course.
1: Of course. I'll do whatever for you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. So, Douglas is now a man that has died twice. He has died twice. So,
0: while all of that is going on, we are flitting back and forth. Um, One of the chapters we get is Ibrahim is out of the hospital returned home he has a really sweet little moment he's at the hairdressers because he's a man who takes great pride in his appearance and taking care of himself um so he is priority number one is to go get a haircut and a shave yeah so cute his hairdresser is so sweet they like have one of those relationships where they actually do like kind of know intimate details Mm -hmm. about each other's lives they care about each other And he goes to pay and realizes that his debit card has been taken out of his wallet. They're just like, oh, it's fine. He's like, no, this one's on me. I totally get it. He doesn't even charge him for this whole service, which is just Uh, so cute. Yeah. Everybody in this book is so nice. I know. (laughs) It's
1: like the Great British Baking Show, but in a book. (laughs)
0: It's too much. (laughs) Uh, Just such a sucker for
1: people being nice to each other. I totally agree. I saw... This is such a tangent. I saw a TikTok of <laughs> red flags and one of them was that he doesn't like the Great British baking show. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, it is a red flag. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> um and then we also get a chapter from Ron's perspective. He's pretending to be a plumber. He gets into Ryan's apartment, no questions asked, and he hides. <laughs> Ryan's just like, Come "Oh yeah, on in. sure. Yeah, you know. I mean, I wouldn't I I might be like, okay, right. let me ask with maintenance or the, ho- Some the apartment, pain. but yeah, I probably wouldn't think too much about it either. But
0: No, I wouldn't.
1: Um, he hides cocaine and Abraham's debit card, which he has stolen, behind the toilet or in the, the thing, the cistern. In the tank. Yeah. Uh, and then he like walks out and he's like,
0: yeah, everything's good. I'm all done. And Ryan's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> It took like two seconds.
1: And then he immediately calls Donna with an anonymous air quotes. Hit. He doesn't say it's him, but Donna's like, hey, Ron. Yeah. <laughs>
0: she, she knows. Um, and yeah, and she knows that this is like an it's all
1: shady. It's so shady. I can't believe they go along with this, to be honest. Like, it's not even what he goes down for in the end. I just he does. He absolutely does go down for
0: the the cocaine
1: well yeah but not framed cocaine i would want to catch him in the act of him doing it willingly not planting it i don't know it's like so corrupt it's a yikes moment for
0: me i agree (laughs) i don't love that the murder club is pursuing it this seriously and i i think the part that Really grates on me is that Donna and Chris are so eager. It's them,
1: yeah, for to, sure. To like
0: smudge the law, it's there for this purpose, job, and
1: they're just totally overlooking it, even playing a part in it. Right? I'll be the first
0: one, like with any other stuff, to like call the police out on like negligence, and I feel like it's not fair to be like, oh, but it's okay. For them to do like things under the table as long as it like suits. Right. As
1: long as it's the right thing.
0: Quote. I, yeah, I don't like it either way. (laughs) I agree. It's not great.
1: Uh, we also get a chapter from Chris and Patrice's perspective. Mm hmm. In their little bubble. Or it's like mostly from Chris's perspective. So he's like talking about how he's eating a lot healthier or he's pretending Mm -hmm. to eat a lot healthier, which he has come to realize just means you're eating a lot healthier. Right. And he has a really good line. He says, what if pretending to enjoy life is the same as enjoying it?
0: Right. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, reaching for healthier snacks and stuff. And in yeah. his mind, he's still just doing it for Patrice. Mm-hmm. But then he realizes that he's he's still doing it. He's still reaching for those healthier options, even when she's not around. Yeah. And it's kind of dawning on him that like, yeah. oh, I have actually kind of changed my habits here. Mm-hmm. And it's turned into a reality. Um, yeah
1: fake it till you make it and it's like he's making it exactly exactly he and patrice
0: are going out for a date night they're going for jazz night Fun. and donna
1: calls him to tell him that ryan was arrested mm-hmm. so chris heads to the station and interviews ryan and then after he's done interviewing him which ryan is like i was framed," and he was to be <laughs> fair. fair he was yeah. um he goes back uh, to a pub to meet up with Patrice and Donna. Uh, there they discuss the murder club and they tell Patrice what they did to Ryan. I'm like, yeah. they're not even being sneaky about it. Mm-mm. Nope. Ah, uh. yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. And everybody Patrice is totally she's oh, like, she's I like, so get yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I'd be like, are you sure you want
0: to do this? (laughs) Right. I don't know if I would just so easily condone my daughter and my boyfriend doing this, but. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like, don't get us wrong. We know that what the kid did was bad and he could have killed someone, but. Absolutely.
0: And he needs consequences. Yes. But I need those consequences to include help and rehabilitation for him so that he doesn't continue to make these
1: Choices. It's consequences but it's not justice yes you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: um yeah so joyce and elizabeth were taken to questioning by sue and lance because obviously they found these bodies
1: once again they don't tell them anything
0: then <laughs> elizabeth of course she brings up sue and lance should also be considered suspects mm-hmm. because they knew about the diamonds so they have motive and they, and they knew they where also they were knew where they were which is a really short list of people
1: Mm -hmm, for sure and they had
0: their trust so they would have been able to just like walk in Mm -hmm. you know
1: elizabeth has given a item that was found in douglas's jacket pocket it's a silver locket that he had given to her back when they were married i mean she left it obviously when she left him but the immediate thought is like oh there's a secret message on this or something Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and immediately like this is jumping ahead two chapters because we jump around so much in this book. But, like, as soon as she got this locket, I was like, Sue didn't mention anything about opening it and looking at what was inside. And right. I was like, How can you not? And of <laughs> right. course, that's like the first thing that uh, Elizabeth does. But it's just got a mirror on each side. Even then, I wasn't satisfied. I was like, But what's behind the mirror? <laughs> right. <laughs> Dig <laughs> under Elizabeth the bow very like satisfyingly <laughs> immediately gets a screwdriver and pops the mirror off and there's nothing behind it. And I was like, dang it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
1: Sure. But but it's good that she did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I,
0: I'm glad that they included her doing that due diligence because mm-hmm. I would have been like, ma'am, you're a spy. You're not gonna look behind the mirror. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does seem like he really thinks about the a lot holes like that wouldn't be a plot hole because, you know, there's nothing behind the mirror. But what is the audience going to want these people to mm-hmm. pursue? You know? Exactly. It's good. Um, Joyce is reflecting on the events of the day and she ponders what she would do with five million pounds. Or 20 million pounds or whatever oh because she would get like a fraction she of it. would get
0: her yeah if the murder yeah. club was the one to find the diamonds she's like what would I do with my 5 million pounds <laughs> yeah
1: honestly <laughs> oh my god what would you do with that oh, I would god, vomit like, I mean, a lot
0: right yeah I would be really like stressed out for a couple days yeah yeah um, yeah we get a, a grim chapter where Poppy's mother whose name is Siobhan we Uh, I haven't said her name yet. Siobhan is brought in to identify her daughter's body because her face isn't Mm -hmm. super identifiable. And yeah, it's really hard to read this. They don't even get her face uncovered. And she knows it's her daughter. As soon as she sees like her hair, she can tell.
1: Right. It's interesting. I didn't have time to go back and reread this chapter. Mm -hmm. once you get the big reveal at the end. Right. She's not as upset
0: as you would think, which we have talked Mm. about this sort of thing before, about how people show grief grief and shock in different ways. For sure. She's just very detached. Yeah,
1: I didn't read anything into that. I thought that was normal. No,
0: because she's, you know, she's thinking about how upsetting this all is, and, like, she doesn't really want to see her face because she doesn't want that to stick with her, and so she's able to identify the body, and then she, like, never wants to look at it again. I just thought it was
1: interesting that it's from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an interesting writing choice. Choice, yeah, which, of course, like, comes back.
0: So... Elizabeth, who, of course, her house has been searched because Sue and Lance were like, we're going to need your cell phone. And she was like, I, no, ju- I can. can't remember where it is. And she I really mean, plays up the like, I'm, a, I'm,
1: a I'm old an old lady.
0: And- <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: what I'm going to do when I'm, I'm old. I don't You can't. I don't. I'm not responsible for my actions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so.
0: Yeah, she calls Chris and invites Chris over the next day to discuss the case. She wants to get his take on all the events because he's been dealing with the whole Ryan Baird situation, but he's not super clued in to the Douglas Diamonds.
1: Right. Spy not really his side of jurisdiction. things.
0: It's not a case he can even really work on cuz it just goes straight mm-hmm. above him. To the government, <laughs> um, and she
1: wants to meet Patrice.
0: Yeah, she knows he's been dating somebody, and she meets uh, Patrice for the first time over the phone. Um, and uh, they like kind of instantly. She's a little bit like, "Okay, I kind of, I think I like this lady." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But she definitely is doing this because she wants Chris to know about the case. But also she wants an opportunity to like vet oh, yeah. Patrice
1: as a partner for Chris. All of them are going to vet her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she invites them to come over for wine and chit chat about murder. They're going to have a like a wine and murder yeah. party. Wine and crime. <laughs> I think that is actually a podcast, Wine and Crime I've listened to few the uh, yeah. episodes. They're pretty good, yeah. They get drunk <laughs> on wine or whatever, and they talk about true crime. I mean, that
0: sounds nice. Last yeah. time my cousin came over to my house, we got drunk on wine and watched a long-form true crime documentary series, and it was great. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, back at Martin Lomax's home, he anticipates a call with a man named Frank he's the second in command of one of America's biggest crime families in the mafia. So Mm -hmm. when big deal, big deal. Yeah. When Frank does call him, he's basically like, look, if I don't get my diamonds by the end of the week, I'm going to kill you. I'm sorry. I know we're buds, but it's what it is. (laughs) They do. They have like a good working
0: relationship. And at the same time as he's like, look, if we don't get the diamonds, I'll have to kill you. He's like, Martin's like, oh yeah, I hope your kids are doing all right. Like, yeah, he like he's like, that's business. I get As it, man. Wife. I'll do my best to get the diamonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great. Um, so then we have Bogdan driving Joyce, Elizabeth, and Ron. Um, and they are going to go see Martin Lomax at his Britain's Best Gardens
1: mm-hmm. event.
0: Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah,
1: and they do. They get him. Elizabeth tries to flirt or something. It's kind of weird. She's not very good at it. Joyce does flirt because that's who she is. That's Joyce. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, they corner them, him and they're like, look, we know what's going on. We kind of want to help each other out because we also want to find the diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this relationship and I'm kind of sad it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah
0: he yeah he tells them that he did send andrew hastings over to douglas but mm-hmm. not to kill him
2: mm-hmm.
0: it was to scare him and he's like i don't know what happened to douglas and poppy after that obviously they got moved i don't know where they went and it, it kind of redeemed him a little bit yeah. <laughs> in my eyes because i was like damn he just really like sent an assassin after this man but like it wasn't it, like that yeah, right um and poppy killed him before he had the opportunity to not kill Douglas. Right, you know? exactly.
1: Yeah. And he does say, like, look, if you find the diamonds and you don't tell me, I'll kill you. I don't care that you're old, but,
0: you know, <laughs> this could be a good partnership. Right, like, I also think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just, I really, I wanted that to be fleshed out a little bit because I did like Martin even if he's shady, but mm-hmm. yeah,
0: it's not really. We don't get too much more of it. No. Yeah. So we see the Thursday Murder Club. They gather at Ibrahim's for wine night to discuss the case, and Elizabeth actually invites Sue over because um, she wants Sue to know now that like they are actively working on oh, trying yeah. to find the diamonds right whether she's asked them to do that or not yeah Sue <laughs> seems I about it, it you know i think because elizabeth clearly like knows what she's doing yeah Sue's like okay i'll allow it and she believes elizabeth does that douglas has faked his own death in order to run away with the diamonds or that at the very least, he has hidden the diamond somewhere and he now needs her help. So she thinks he's like fully done a body switch mm-hmm. here. Like the man in the safe house was a cadaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he killed Poppy and then switched his own Did body. the Marcus Carmichael. Yeah. And like faked a body. So Sue's so like, yeah, you know, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, We'll work together moving forward. Um, And then after Sue leaves, Elizabeth's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know where the diamonds (laughs) are, or at least the clue for the diamonds. Right. (laughs) So she lets lets Sue in on like the plan, but she doesn't key her in on the fact that she's like, yeah, I think I know where Douglas may have left me a clue.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. The next chapter is from Joyce's perspective. So she tells a story of like
0: Elizabeth led the group somewhere after she was like, I think I know where the clue is.
1: Yes. So she went to a tree. So the night that they were walking and Poppy was following behind them and Douglas was confessing that he stole the diamonds, blah, blah, blah. They talked about a good dead drop, which is basically just a place where you can put a note or a letter or a code or something and another agent can go get it. And, right. But a
0: member of the public isn't going right. like, to stumble not gonna look across at
1: it. it. So there's a hole in a tree up by the bench that they stopped and talked at. And so Elizabeth goes back up there and takes everyone else except for Ibrahim. Because poor Ibrahim yeah. doesn't want to go. And they do find a letter.
0: Yeah. So I have this letter flagged. It's kind of long. Um, so I'll just kind of read like highlights from it, basically. But he says, Dear Elizabeth, Never doubted you for a moment, you clever thing. I knew you'd find the letter. Cards on the table. I should probably apologize for stealing the diamonds and starting this whole parade. Everyone has their price, and it turns out that mine is 20 million pounds. 20 million, darling. Just sitting there and me a dinosaur nearing retirement. Resistance was futile. You understand, don't you? And he goes on to say, if you're reading this, then I suppose one of two things has happened. I have been killed, perhaps? Someone tortured the location of the diamonds out of me, then disposed of me? Not impossible. I wouldn't put up with too much torture adventure or not. Besides, I can simply send them on a wild goose chase. By the time they realize they've been duped, I will have been buried in the woodland somewhere. If I have been killed, then I do hope there is a part of you that will miss me and that you'll forgive my many sins. I forgave yours long ago. There's a second option of course which would be much more fun and that is that i have gotten away with it martin lomax wants me dead the new york mafia wants me dead and the service wants to wash its hands of me just at this moment i can't quite work out how i can get away with it but i have always been resourceful and perhaps something will come to me the diamonds are in a left luggage locker you know i requested to be housed at cooper's chase and so i left them nearby to make them nice and easy for me to get back or for you to get back if it came to that which it may well have done darling the diamonds are in locker 531 at fairhaven train station you could break into it i'm sure but i have left the key inside this bag he says if you don't find the diamonds it will not escape your notice that i will be roaming free a very rich man so yeah he gives her the location and basically is like look if they're in there i'm dead yeah <laughs> and if they're not I took a I'm, I'm alive somewhere. Also, I still so, love you. Also, I still Run love you. Run away with me,
1: please.
0: <laughs> yeah. He kind of makes this like last ditch effort. And he's like, look, I know you have Steven, but the opportunity is there if you want to take it yeah. and come with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we get a chapter where they actually go look for the diamonds in the locker, we cut to a chapter on Lance. He's mm-hmm. at his office because he's the MI5 agent and he's just pondering what he would do with 20 million pounds and how much it would take him out of the funk that is his life at the moment.
0: Yeah. He, he's he's in a situation. He <laughs> is.
1: Honestly, he's living in his he, ex-girlfriend's apartment, paying rent to her yeah. cuz she's rich. And he's just like growing old and he's not happy about it. Right. And he's stuck there. He can't like afford to buy her
0: out yeah. of this apartment and he can't, you know. So he, yeah. This poor dude. Yeah. He's <laughs> really stuck. Yep. But he gets a flight alert um that shows that Frank Andre Jr., which is the Frank that Martin Lomax was speaking with, is flying to the UK and he and Sue agree that he should probably go stake out the area to keep an eye on Martin and Frank whenever yeah. Frank
1: arrives. because Yeah, obviously some shit's going to go down. This is the day, this is the chapter that Elizabeth and Joyce have a moment on the train on the way to go check the locker, and it's adorable. It's so much insight into Elizabeth as a person. Yeah.
0: And it really sheds so much light on how she functions and how she shows her love to people. I'll read it, and then we we can talk about it. So they're, they're on the, the train together, and, and it says, Joyce is quiet, which is unlike her. It's almost unnerving. At first, Elizabeth thought it was because of Poppy. Joyce and Poppy had bonded, that was for certain. Or perhaps because of Siobhan being so close to a mother's grief. But then Elizabeth realizes that the last time the two of them had been on this minibus together, Bernard had been in the back seat. Ugh. Just before Joyce and Bernard had become close. Joyce misses him although they never talk about him just like they never talk about Stephen or Penny in fact (laughs) what do she and Joyce talk about the English countryside passes by outside the minibus window what do you and I talk about Joyce says Elizabeth Joyce thinks it's been mainly murder hasn't it since we met (laughs) Elizabeth nods I suppose it has what do you think we'll talk about when there are no murders well we'll find out at some point won't we Joyce looks out of the window again. Elizabeth doesn't like seeing her friend unhappy. What do normal people say in these situations? Here goes nothing. Would you like to talk about Bernard? Joyce turns to look at her and gives her a tiny smile. No, thank you. Joyce returns to her view and without turning, puts her hand on Elizabeth's. Uh, Would you like to talk about Stephen? asks Joyce. No, thank you, said Elizabeth. Joyce gives her hand a squeeze and leaves it there. Elizabeth looks down at her friendship bracelet, a very ugly thing that means the world to her. Elizabeth's life has been one of classmates and cousins, of professors and colleagues, and of husbands. She has always found friends harder. What did friends want from you? What did they expect you to do? Her great brain hasn't worked it out. Last night, awake with Stephen at around 4 a.m., he had been showing off about some mountain or other he had climbed when he was a young man. She had then invented an even bigger mountain she had climbed without a single Sherpa, darling. And then he upped the ante and was climbing Everest without Sherpas or oxygen. And then she was climbing Everest carrying a grand piano. And the two of them were in fits of giggles. It was love, of course, but it was also friendship. Steven was the first person she had ever met who refused to take her seriously. Joyce doesn't take her seriously. Ibrahim doesn't take her seriously. Ron certainly doesn't take her seriously. They respect her, she thinks. They know they can rely on her. They take care of her. But they refuse to take her seriously. Who knew that was the secret all along? Uh. Uh, she knows the secret, of course. After meeting Steven, she took herself less seriously. The moment she had done that, a door was opened, which true friends could walk through. And in they walked. She squeezes Joyce's hand back. You know, I would like to talk about Stephen. I just don't know how yet. Joyce turns away from the window and smiles at her friend while the kettle is always on at mine.
1: <laughs> Hannah's crying again. It kills me. I'm, like, breaking down. Oh, my God. It's really... It's so good. It's, mm, it's really good. It's so good. Um.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just made me love Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so much i am already like my allergies are killing me today so i'm already like weepy and sneezing and snotty <laughs> <laughs> this is not the day to record an emotional podcast <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh.
1: <laughs> oh man hannah's just cries all the time anyways i, I
0: also yeah will like literally cry about anything <laughs> um so this is nothing new
1: oh <laughs> girl it's so good it's I love Joyce and Elizabeth. I love how honest they are when Joyce is like, no, I'd rather not talk about Bernard. And Elizabeth's like, yeah, I'd rather not talk about Stephen," but they leave the door open and it's such a warm and loving door. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. I mean,
0: Elizabeth is a cold and distant person by nature. And then, you know, she got into a career, which Only encouraged that. Mm -hmm. You know, it encouraged that, like, you know, being able to keep your personal relationships at a certain distance. And I think she's having to unlearn like a lifetime Mm -hmm. of doing
1: that. And these people in her life are not holding her hand through it. They're just like, yeah, this is what friendship is. We're just going like to beat down your walls it. and <laughs> kick in your doors. This, We're here now. We're here now. And you can't do anything about it. Just deal with it. Yeah. I love that she's recognizing that she has friends now.
0: Yes. The like the insight and self-reflection is so strong. And I love that she actually dove in because you can tell she's had so many moments like this mm. where she realizes Joyce needs like comfort and she needs like a human moment, but she doesn't let herself be that person. Like when she Mm -hmm. called uh, Joyce over to help with Poppy.
1: Right. It's like she
0: knew what Poppy needed, but she wasn't ready to offer that. Yeah. So she's just, you know, taking those baby steps Mm -hmm. (laughs) to actually let people in. And it's just
1: so sweet. And her friends are so receptive to it in the way that she needs.
0: Yes. Like you can tell that Joyce... Kind of knows Elizabeth's not quite ready. Yeah. I think some people would have taken that opportunity and been like, yeah, let me just dump everything I'm feeling about Bernard on you in this Mm -hmm. moment, which Elizabeth is not ready for. Right. Yes. (laughs) Even though she offered. Yeah. And that emotional intelligence on Joyce's behalf is also so sweet. And her knowing that she just needs to leave that door open to Elizabeth Mm -hmm. is just, uh, it's the best. It is the
1: best. And then Ron goes to pick up his grandson, Kendrick, and I love him, too. (laughs) He's the cutest kid
0: in the whole world. I am not a kid person, and this kid is so freaking cute. He's
1: eight, and he loves Minecraft and crossword puzzles. (laughs) He's so cute.
0: He's... Yeah, they're on the way back and Kendrick's like, "Do you have a smart TV? Because if you have a smart TV, we could play Minecraft." Uh, and like Minecraft is where you build all these things from your imagination. What are we going to build? Uncle Ron. If you don't want to. <laughs> grand- Ron's just like, "I don't. I don't know about it." Like he wants he cares yeah, because he knows right. Kendrick cares, but like he's just like It's
1: not him really. Maybe I'll just watch you play. Yeah, yeah.
0: Super cute. So Joyce and Elizabeth, they walk up to the train station and there's a front desk, kind of like a little security desk um, with a girl behind it who's got headphones on and they show her the key and she kind of just waves them through. Mm -hmm. And the locker has no diamonds, which according to Douglas would be a good sign. Right. But there is a empty crisp packet in there. Just chips if you're American. (laughs) Right. And most people would just be like, oh, huh, it's just trash. But Elizabeth is like, nah. Joyce, I'm going to need you to packet that. We're taking yeah. it with us. Yep, yep, yep.
1: And then uh, they immediately go to the police station. And Donna is already waiting for them outside. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> shines an infrared light on the packet. And they find a secret message from Douglas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course they do. Of course. <laughs> it's because spy shit. Yeah. And
0: so what does the message say? Let me... Donna shines the light on the crisp packet and there's just a little note from Douglas that reads, Elizabeth, darling, we both know that things are never the first place you look. This was just an extra layer of security in case somebody else found the letter. But you know where the diamonds are, don't you? If you really think about it.
1: And that's it. And And Donna
0: looks at Elizabeth and Elizabeth's like,
1: like, I'm going to have to think on this one. Good Lord. Yeah. She doesn't immediately know, which I think is interesting because Mm -hmm. In a different scenario, I think Elizabeth would immediately know. But it's for the plot.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think she's it's meant to show sort of how distracted she's been. Mm. You know, like she has all this going on, but like there is a personal side of it with Douglas. So that's distracting. But then like the whole Ryan Baird and Mm -hmm. Ibrahim situation, like she's not operating full throttle here. For sure. We yeah, we get the the Thursday Murder Club and Donna Patrice and Chris party now. Yes.
1: <laughs> and they all are having a good jolly good time and everyone loves Patrice and it's super cute. Yeah. It's great. I I love that she gets accepted
0: so quickly. Yes. Cuz like especially Elizabeth, I was a little worried she was going to be a little bit harsh. Yeah. with Patrice, but it's really clear that everybody's like oh yeah they're a good fit we see it we get yeah. it and Donna is over there just like dying because yeah. Patrice and Chris are too much <laughs> Yeah,
1: very lovey-dovey honeymoon uh-huh. phase for sure It before they had gotten there Patrice has the thought of when she went to see Ibrahim because he's not there Um, he's at right. his own house and he was playing Minecraft with Kendrick oh <laughs>
0: yeah, Chris took her over there to meet Ibrahim, and he's just too intently playing Minecraft with Kendrick, which is just I love it's it. so it's so Ibrahim. I love his earnestness as an older person mm. to. Like Ron bristled at the idea of like playing a video game, but yeah. Ibrahim just the fact that he like was like all about it. Yeah. It's so sweet. It's I love super so endearing
1: much. for sure.
0: Him and Kendrick bond big time. Dude, their relationship is the
1: cutest freaking thing ever. Gosh. Yeah. I oh, <laughs> I loved those chapters. Anytime those two are hanging out together, it's great. The chapter ends with Elizabeth showing Donna and Chris the crime scene photos, and Donna poses the theory that it's not actually Douglas as well. So she's the same thought as Elizabeth, mm-hmm. which yeah, just kind of further cements the theory in
0: Elizabeth's mind of like, okay, so mm-hmm. someone else put everything together and came to the same conclusion. So yeah, she does not know where those diamonds are, though. Mm-hmm. She she's can't a stop thinking about it
1: Mm mm-hmm she like goes through several like theories basically yeah um Mm -hmm. where there could have been this one place but it got demolished so it's probably not there she and douglas used to send each other letters where the first letter of each (laughs) sentence would spell something out so she did that yeah she looks
0: at his letter that he left her the original one the longer one Mm -hmm. uh, and tries to use that code system to see what you know, if there's anything there and Osman doesn't actually spell this out. If you're curious what it says, you actually have to go read the code and put it together. Which is so cool. I love that. <laughs> um, But yeah, it says nice try, dear. Aww. If you take the first letter of all the, the first few sentences. And so that's clearly not it. I
1: love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And then... In the meantime, while she's pondering this, Stephen's dementia is getting worse and worse. And he's remembering things from 20 years ago that he thinks are currently happening in the middle of the night. It all seems very Mm -hmm. scary. I can't imagine. She has to talk him down and distract him. Yeah, she's
0: really struggling. And she kind of ends the chapter just like internally begging Steven's presence of mind to stay with her, which is just awful. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure.
1: The next chapter is from Joyce's perspective in her journal. She thinks about the meeting and how it was interrupted by Poppy's mother, Chavon. She had basically been with MI5 for two days, answering questions, planning Poppy's funeral, identifying her daughter's body, and she came over to Joyce's afterwards just for some comfort which i think is mm-hmm. really cute and of
0: course joyce is like stay the night yeah i have a room for you the group will reconvene in the morning you will just take the night off and you can yeah of course you can stay here yeah joyce
1: super cute uh the next day ron ibrahim and kendrick are all spending <laughs> time together at ron's and it's the most adorable shit i can't handle it <laughs> Ibrahim's doing a crossword puzzle,
0: and of course Kendrick is asking really enthusiastic questions. What's the
1: coolest dinosaur?
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's the best planet? (laughs) It's the best, and Ibrahim entertains it all. Yes, and talks to him like
1: an adult, like actually genuinely answers his questions, and I love that. I love when adults treat kids like humans. (laughs)
0: yes not just like baby talk to them or like brush them aside like yeah dismiss them immediately Mm -hmm. it's such a good relationship so ron leaves the two of them together and he's like i'm gonna run up to the shop to get something and he pops out of the house and he sees joyce walking with siobhan and he thinks to himself that he's really sympathetic for siobhan's situation but really quickly pivots oh, yeah. into being like she's 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 hot
1: actually. I could <laughs> I hit her like at the funeral of her dead daughter. <laughs> I'm like,
0: sir, please. <laughs> Why are
1: men this way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Just, know. I don't really love Ron. I don't like him very much. He's
0: my least favorite. Yeah. by quite a distance of the Murder Club, and I i hope in future books we get a little more depth to him yeah because yeah he just seems very surface
1: level meh
0: <laughs> he's all right yeah,
1: he's just a guy I, his, he's a man man his
0: devotion to his friends it like him with ibrahim being sure. in the hospital is like it's there i don't dislike him but he just doesn't i don't know if i would be super keen he's on too him.
1: much yeah <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Cut to a chapter from Chris's perspective. He's having a night to himself because Patrice is a school teacher and she has gone back to London. She was like on a break Mm -hmm. when they were together. And so he's like lonely and sad. Yeah. So she's been staying with him like
0: long term. And you know, he's really scared that he's going to fall back into his bad habits of not taking care of himself. And mm-hmm. this sort of like leads him to realize being with her has benefited him and like makes him feel human again. Mm-hmm. And has like brought him out of his depression. And yeah. he's just coming to terms with the fact that he's very quickly fallen in love with he's her. In
1: love.
0: It's so sweet. So sweet And uh it's like 9.45 p.m. And he gets a knock on his door. Do you just want to go ahead and talk about that? Yeah. Let's, yeah. So, of course, it cuts to something else. But then we cut back. And uh, Chris has received a visit from Connie Johnson. Yeah. At his house.
1: She basically just warns him. She's like, mm. look, I'm tired of you interfering with my business. If you don't back off, I... I'm threatening you, Donna, and your girlfriend, Patrice. So She's like, I know exactly where she
0: is in South London. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with yeah. me.
1: I don't love his response to this. He's like, you're so stupid. You're, you're way too, you're not clever enough to do anything to us. And I'm like, bro, she's not stupid. I don't know why he keeps calling her stupid. She keeps proving to you that she's a step ahead of you.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you're reading into it that she's not capable of the what yeah. she's saying. And I'm
1: like, maybe if you don't want a woman to murder your loved ones, stop <laughs> insulting her. Yeah. I was, I was a little annoyed he, with him. Oh, yeah. I
0: was like, this brusque, pretend you're not phased reaction yeah. is maybe not the route I would have gone with to ensure that you keep everyone safe, but... Well. Whatever.
1: Um, he yeah. makes the decision not to tell anyone well not to tell Donna or Patrice right I don't like I don't like it either heck no I feel like at the minimum you need to tell
0: Donna because she's another cop right and I feel like it maybe is more of Donna's decision here whether to tell Patrice, Mm. you know, I don't blame Chris for not wanting to tell Patrice, but I feel like he should put that ball in Donna's court.
1: Mm. Like
0: let Donna know what the situation is and let Donna decide whether she wants to let her mother know. Like that just seems like something Donna should have. It
1: would be such bullshit if something happened to Patrice and then Donna found out that Chris knew it was a possibility.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: Donna, meanwhile, (laughs) is on a date.
0: She your girl is lonely and settling for
1: just trash (laughs) utter trash this man he's a london dci that was sent to help catch connie and he's just the worst he's just (sighs) they had a
0: stakeout together tonight and so they're out to dinner just afterwards she's like really considering going home with him like even before the date and dinner is even like close to over. It's not even really a date. It's just like they're, they went to get a meal Mm -hmm. and, but they're both kind of treating it. Like we're definitely going to go home and sleep together. And he's just like a dick. Yeah, Like he's, he insults Chris several times. Yeah. And then I don't remember his exact comments, but like he's in just in general, like an asshole Mm -hmm. the whole time. And she keeps settling for it. And it's just like, ah, whatever. But Once he insults Chris, she is out. Yeah.
1: Which I love because she calls him her best friend. That's so cute. Um, So she's like over it. And then she actually gets a text from Chris and it said that Connie was at his apartment and if he wasn't Reaching out in fifteen minutes to call a squad. So he doesn't tell her that Connie threatened him, but but that she was when there. he saw that it was
0: Connie at the door. He was like, "Oh shit, yeah." So he he does text her when she leaves, and he's like, "All's good. I'm fine. Yep. I'm alive. We're good."
1: Yep. <laughs> Donna the next day gives Ibrahim the CCTV footage from the train station because uh, they're going to come through it to see if anyone has access the left luggage locker. Before Joyce and Elizabeth went, and Ibrahim recruits Kendrick to help him watch through it, and it's <laughs> it's oh my god, my heart. Kendrick's so excited
0: to just be included, and he's so excited to be like he loves it very seriously, like given a job, like given like a role to play here. What do and- they call
1: them, like the bad bad or?
0: yeah something it's adorable they come up with a name for like we're trying to catch the bad guys and and ibrahim really fully trusts kendrick to do his job here because they split the days up they're looking at like the four days before elizabeth and joyce access the locker and they each look at two days so ibrahim's trusting kendrick here to like Watch the CCTV footage. Of course, it's sped up, but like yeah. oh, two days. And he's not like looking over his shoulder or anything. He like trusts this kid to point out when someone comes to the locker. And and I love it. I love how much confidence and like how much he's including Kendrick in this. And the chit chat um, that
1: they have in between is so adorable. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the best. And Kendrick's having the best time. Yeah. And like they're talking about his dad and his relationships and I just, it's like, he's another like uncle or actually I do think he calls him uncle Abraham. He calls him uncle. So cute. I
0: love it. Um, Um, They do actually decide kind of on a whim. They're like, well, let's look one day earlier. So it's actually the day before Poppy and Douglas were shot mm -hmm. and killed. So they were like, well, we don't really need to look at that day, but we'll, we'll just check. And, They see someone in like full motorcycle, like riding leathers and a helmet standing directly in front of
1: locker 531. Mm -hmm. Yep. So when they all get together to review that footage, no one can make anything out on the helmeted person. And the person opens the locker, takes a crisp packet, is like, this is trash, throws it back in and closes it and leaves. Mm -hmm. But just as they're about to give up, because they couldn't tell gender, Nothing from this. Kendrick points out. He's like, did you all not see the clue? You didn't see the clue? I saw the clue. So cute.
0: It's so cute. He has noticed when they reach toward the locker, their like jacket sort of separated from their glove. And you can see like a little bit of their wrist. And the person is wearing a friendship bracelet from Joy's. Love it. So I love that that detail has come back around. Yes, right, exactly. It's those sort of things that, like, you're thinking about Joyce's friendship bracelets and her Instagram account and how it's not all going to come relevant, but like that it, it does. And it's I love that those details do. Yeah, for sure. So Joyce has a chapter next, and she actually makes uh, a realization when Elizabeth was talking about how Poppy was following her and Douglas through the woods and she had her headphones on, but it came out that Poppy was actually listening in Mm -hmm. on Elizabeth and Douglas's conversation. And Joyce realizes that like, hey, the girl at the train station is good at her job and and was like good about stopping us. And she wouldn't just let anybody in without seeing their face first. So that means that person would be on the CCTV footage at the security desk with their helmet off. Mm -hmm. Joyce gets the footage from the desk girl and takes it to Donna again for review who of course then takes it to Ibrahim and Kendrick the
1: expert. Yeah and I really love this chapter because Donna takes it to Ibrahim and offers to go through the footage with him but honestly she's low key trying to have a therapy session (laughs) Mm because he used to be a psychiatrist (laughs) Uh, because she's like Lonely and depressed and not okay. Right. And he picks up on
0: it so fast and is so kind about it. Like he doesn't hold it over her head in any way. He just kind of is like, well, would you like to talk for a little bit? Uh, It's because she's supposedly there just to drop this footage off, you know, so
1: good. I love this chapter so much. I don't, do you have any quotes from this chapter? Just like when she first gets there. Um, Donna says, "Nice to
0: see you out of bed. How's the pain?" It's getting better," says Ibrahim. "It only really hurts if I breathe." Donna smiles. "Shall we take a look at this CCTV? I thought you might enjoy it." Ibrahim nods. "In good time, in good time. But first, how is your pain, Donna?" Ah, and he, he like knows. instantly
1: he knows. He's got a pad and paper there ready for her and and they talk yeah. about it a lot. They mostly talk about her loneliness and her lack of friends and things and He says, Open your eyes now, Donna. I want to talk to you in a different way. Donna does as she is told, and Ibrahim looks deeply into her eyes. You know that time is not coming back, don't you? The friends, the freedom, the possibilities. Donna's like, you're supposed to be cheering me up. Ibrahim nods. Let it go. Remember it as a happy time. You are at the top of a mountain, and now you're in a valley. It will happen to you a number of times. Donna says, so what do I do now? He says, you climb the next mountain, of course. I. It's such a good metaphor. Love it.
0: I love this, it. Like, this idea that, yeah, like you're going to have these peaks and valleys in your life and you're going to have these moments where things are not going so great. But like, that doesn't mean they can't be great again. You just got to focus on like moving forward and climbing up. Mm-hmm. It's so
1: good. It's so good. I, I love that. <laughs> richard osmond i wonder what he pulled this advice from like some yeah. <laughs> therapist because it's it's genuinely so perfect and then a little later he says you are simply a little lost donna and if one is never lost in life then clearly one has never traveled anywhere interesting
0: yes it's so good ibrahim's just so wise i love Mm -hmm.
1: ibrahim so much so good and donna turns it right back around she's like you're scared Mm -hmm. you're in pain and he's like yeah and she's like my advice would be to climb your next mountain he's like Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can stomach it if i can make it and she's like i think you can well we're in this together Ah! yep Ah! (laughs) it's the best
0: and like i like how you have these relationships like you wouldn't have thought that Ibrahim and Donna would have right. like this really great bonding moment, but it just And it comes out of nowhere. <sighs> it's perfect. <Yeah. laughs> it's so it's so great. Yeah. And I just once again I'm just a sucker for like people being nice and kind to each other. Yeah. I'll eat that shit up all day
1: long. Yeah. And the payoff of the CCTV footage, which again, this is cutting back and forth between different chapters, but the end of this storyline is that When this woman takes off her helmet for the security clerk, it is Siobhan.
0: What? I was shook. I was not expecting. I I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Why? I don't get it. I was so confused. I was like trying to like make it make sense before I kept reading and I was just like, I don't what (laughs) I don't understand. And like, it's the fact that she was there before Poppy and Douglas were shot and killed. Right. That's the part where I was like, it doesn't make sense. Why? (laughs) Oh, but of course we find out, but of course we find out. So in the meantime, between flipping back and forth between Ibrahim and Donna's therapy session, Chris meets with Ron and Bogdan and he requests, they help him thwart, connie from causing patrice any harm he's very worried about this but he doesn't want them to break any laws but he wants to make sure she's safe and i'm like bro i don't know what you uh, want them to do don't
1: either and also (laughs) like this doesn't pay off no nothing happens with this and i feel like it's the sort of
0: thing you could go to, like, I know he doesn't want Donna to know, but it feels like he could go to a superior yeah. and be like, look, I have received a direct the threat against threat. my yeah. What's girlfriend the and her daughter. For this? Can we have some South London officers kind yeah. of maybe just keep an eye on her right. for a little bit? And instead he goes I, to Ron and Bogdan? It's a weird choice. And like Lauren said, it does not. Really pay off. Yeah, it doesn't come back later. They don't seemingly even go to London to no, keep an no. eye on. Her. Like she's in a different city entirely.
1: It feels a little bit like when Douglas asked the Murder Club to look out for him and watch over him, and then the next day something happens. Right, Elizabeth's like, okay, and then and then, yeah, then yeah, immediately his house gets broken into. Yeah, so uh, it yeah, it's a little strange. Elizabeth shares Douglas's letter with Sue uh eventually (laughs) and they brainstorm over where the diamonds could be hidden so they're like sort of in a partnership and sue is a little miffed that she didn't tell her all of these things sooner and that she's withholding information but it's
0: cordial and they're like having a lunch together and talking all this over you know like there's no bad blood there but sue's just a little bit annoyed with elizabeth which fair you know i feel like anybody trying to do a job with elizabeth in the mix is like come on yeah (laughs) just for sure work with me so chris bogdan and ron are waiting for the outcome of ryan baird's case because he's been arrested for the cocaine Mm -hmm. But they are approached by his lawyer and told he managed to get away. He managed to escape and run off, and they do not know where he
1: is. Woo! Go figure. Bad news. Bad news bears. Next up, the Thursday Murder Club: Donna, Chris, and Sue all gathered to discuss Siobhan's involvement in the diamonds case. Mm-hmm. Basically, they theorize that Poppy had to have told her, and she knew about the locker but didn't know that it would be empty. So everyone's like super confused. And I just, I, I don't know why they're confused. Like Joyce has a moment because she has put it together that poppy eavesdrop on Elizabeth and Douglas's conversation in the woods where he mentioned the Mm -hmm. dead drop for the letter. And I'm like, of course she fucking was. Yeah. Of course she heard what they were saying. I don't get how that's a big reveal and that Elizabeth wouldn't have immediately thought that. Right. Elizabeth
0: wrote off Poppy just for having headphones on. And I feel like that has to be just like a relic of her operating in an era before like modern headphones were a thing, I because I feel like normal people are like, you can still you hear. Can hear. I- especially if you don't have anything playing, but like,
1: even if you do, you can still hear. I was like, okay, whatever. But anyway, so
0: Joyce is like, no, she definitely knew about the tree hole and Mm -hmm. the letter and sent her mom to get the diamonds. And then she thinks that when Siobhan found the locker empty, that Poppy confronted
1: Douglas Mm -hmm. about the diamonds and killed him. So it was actually Poppy that faked her death, not Douglas. Right. That's the new theory. Yeah. And that she's working with her mom because, you know, her mom identified her body.
0: Right. Yeah. So she would have been able to just like, yep, that's her. And please don't ask any further questions. So
1: I was really curious where this was going to go, because this is such a shift in theory. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's probably not either of these things then. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. We get a little... Moment
0: With Ryan Baird, he has run off up north to Scotland and he's hiding at his cousin's house. And within a day, uh, this mm-hmm. is this is the chapter where I was yeah. like, OK, maybe I'm not on Team Ryan anymore. The cocaine was like not overboard because within a day of arriving in Scotland, he's already established an alias and is already mm-hmm. dealing cocaine. And he's again. a fucking so- idiot.
1: Like this is from his perspective. <laughs> and he's so, he's so stupid, stupid. And horrible. I was like, okay, you know what? This is fine. Whatever he's got coming to him is fine.
0: Right. So, yeah, it turns out he was dealing cocaine anyway. Like, he was already in the drug trafficking business. So I thought that they had just framed him with cocaine out of the blue. But it turns out this was already something he was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so maybe it doesn't seem so overboard. But it's still... I don't agree with it, but... I
1: agree, but yes, I'm with you. Joyce and Elizabeth travel to Antwerp to see uh, a diamond person that Elizabeth knows. His name is Franco. And basically she's like, look, has anyone traded in 20 million pounds worth of diamonds? And he's like, "Nope."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's like, basically, if they didn't bring them to you, you would know if they took them to somewhere else. Like, there's only so many people Mm -hmm. you can take $20 $20 million dollars pounds of stolen diamonds to him. And right. Be like, I'm going to trade these in. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't know anything. Of course, Joyce flirts with this man. Of
1: course she does. <laughs> she flirts with everyone. Why wouldn't she?
0: We have a nice little moment uh, with Elizabeth at home with Bogdan and Stephen. They're once again trying to she's trying to figure out where these freaking diamonds are. And they realize that wherever Poppy is. She's basically probably just waiting for Elizabeth to do the the footwork here and find the diamonds for her. Yeah, it's
1: very much Nancy Drew where, like, there's always someone at the end that's like, thanks for figuring it out for me. I'm going to kill you now. (laughs) You solved all the puzzles now. I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As she's talking to them about this, she sees Bogdan's shirt in the mirror. It says Nike. And in the mirror, it reads Eakin. It's backwards, you know. So Mm -hmm. at this point, you don't know why she has that thought, but it comes back, obviously.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the next day she and uh, she and Joyce go back to the train station and Elizabeth explains she has the locket with a mirror in her and she tells Joyce that, you know, while she and Douglas were walking in the woods talking, he mentioned a dead drop in East Berlin and she in the moment, you know, was like, well, that was actually in West Berlin. But she kind of just wrote it off to him not remembering correctly. But she's realizing that, like, no, he did that on purpose to kind of help her remember that it was the flip side. And so she realizes with the mirror and with he's that a clever clue, guy. Yeah. Everything is meticulous. It's not actually locker five, three, one that has the diamonds it will be locker one three five
1: so smart that's pretty good i do like that payoff mm-hmm. and i liked the detail too
0: because when they originally went to locker five three one the key was yeah. like jammed and they had to really like j- jiggle the I lock so she, lo- she picked the lock did she end yeah, up picking it did. yeah because
1: i think it would like wouldn't quite yeah, work because it wasn't the key
0: it slides right into this one and opens right up which makes all the sense yeah
1: very good. Um, and they find the diamonds, <laughs> which means Douglas yeah, is dead. which is like good news and bad news.
0: Yeah, because it means, oh, well, Douglas does not have them. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so Elizabeth is like, we need a plan. We got the diamonds now. We got to trap Puppy and Siobhan. We got to trap Connie Johnson. We got to trap Martin Lomax. <laughs> like she she's going to pull all the stops out they come up with this plot it is kind of ridiculous this is where it really plays out like a
0: mission impossible spy movie thriller climax because they want to try and get all these people at the same time Uh uh-huh chris and donna are even trying to get connie Mm -hmm. yeah roped into this and so they've come up with a plan to get everybody involved And in the same place at the same time. Yeah. And they've chosen the pier.
1: Yes, like an office on a pier. So a lot of different steps happen to make this happen, but I feel like maybe we should just talk about the plan yeah okay
0: i think so too yeah so i mean the only person who's not directly involved that they want to get there is connie Mm -hmm. and so they send bogdan over to connie because she's obviously like swooning she loves him and so he convinces her that if she comes to this meeting it's potentially going to open up like a whole other client base for her. Like she's going to sell a quite a lot of cocaine at this initial meeting, but then also like, if it all goes well
1: in the future, she's going to get a lot of
0: future business. Right.
1: Yeah. And to top it off, they have like gained her trust and she's going to come and they're like, okay, can you also go get your homie Ryan Baird to be the driver because he's, they totally make up a story. He's family, like we trust him. You know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he will be there as well,
0: right? And he has worked with Connie before. Mm-hmm. Ryan has, and um, Joyce actually through Instagram, yes, <laughs> figured out where Ryan was because he's an idiot and was like
1: posting on
0: social media. Yeah,
1: that was some sleuth work. Which I'm like, why did Joyce figure that out and not Chris or Donna? Because they're the, the actual police that are like he is a runaway. He ran away from justice. Right. And
0: you know this would
1: have taken Donna half the time it took Joyce. I know. I I don't understand
0: <laughs> to track him down through social media. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. So we've got Connie. We got Ryan. Yeah. They are being roped in. Uh Ryan's gonna drive Connie to this meeting. Mm-hmm.
1: Martin Lomax is coming, um, because he's supposed to be getting his diamonds back um because right. now they're in the, his possession and then Frank Andrade mm-hmm. Jr is also going to be coming they kind of swindle him into it again to get his diamonds back
0: and then you have Sue and Lance mm-hmm. it's like everybody in Our this book bye. is going to be at yeah. this meeting and they are also expecting Poppy to come out of the woodwork yeah. because they've basically made a big point of like the diamonds are going to be at this meeting. So they're expecting her to like show up and be like my diamonds for me.
1: Right. I have some plan to get them. Mm -hmm. So Donna and Chris watch everyone arrive at the pier for their meeting. And then Sue is in a surveillance van and Lance is with Bogdan. And so all of the players are in their places and they have all agreed to arrest their people and then just let everything else go when the time comes right yeah so like mi Five's gonna
0: get everything related to the diamonds and like the local police are gonna get connie and ryan Yeah. and like nobody's gonna ask any further questions mm-hmm. they're just kind of ignore about the <laughs>
1: other presences yeah, yeah i going into this was anxious i was like this isn't yeah, gonna I go mean, the way they want it to go <laughs>
0: no i mean there's just too many players here there's too many factors and like nobody else really knows what's going on. Right. So it can only go poorly.
1: Like, I don't know. Yeah. The only person that knows everything is Elizabeth. Exactly.
0: So in the room, in the manager's office at the end of the pier, we have Connie, Martin Lomax, Frank Andrade, Jr. Bogdan. Mm-hmm. Right. And Lance. And Lance. Yeah. Those are the, the people in the room with the diamonds. Yeah. And Connie. Connie. kicks off the meeting. So when they roped her into this deal, they brought her some diamonds mm-hmm. and we're like, look, we're having this trade, you know, like through these diamonds, you're gonna get this like fifty K Coke deal. Mm-hmm. Frank's like, Okay, show me the diamonds and make sure not to spill any. And she thinks to herself, like, that's a weird thing to say, because she dumps out this thing and it's, it's only two diamonds. Two diamonds.
1: And Frank is immediately like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, where are they? (laughs) He pulls a gun on Martin Lomax. He's like, where are the rest of the diamonds? Tell me right now. Connie's like, I don't know where the diamonds are. Martin is also like, I don't know where the diamonds are. He doesn't (laughs) think about it. He shoots Martin, turns to shoot Connie, but Connie shoots him first. Two people just died. It pops off. Immediately. It pops off so fast. It does. Uh, And I was kind of sad, but like also
0: it's fine, I guess. Yeah. So Martin and Frank are now
1: dead. dead. Yep. And Bogdan's like, Connie, you should probably run now. And Connie's like, (laughs) Bet. she grabs her Coke bag. (laughs) She's like, say no points. (laughs) (laughs) The visual of her running away
0: is so funny to me because it's part of the plan that everybody's going to let her get back to her car. So the fact that no one's chasing her, she
1: even thinks it's weird and she's just sprinting like away from this meeting. And everybody's like, yeah, there you can go. (laughs) And she shoots into her car into the arms of Chris and Donna. Mm -hmm.
0: And they have already put cuffs on Ryan and the
1: drivers. Yeah. And Now they have her. Now they have her for coke and murder because it was caught on camera. Mm -hmm. So, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Sue is like mad at Elizabeth because she's like, I can't believe you made that happen. You're the one that only gave two (laughs) diamonds. And even Joyce has a moment where she's like, whoa, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. knew how that was going to go she caused yeah. the death of those two men.
0: It's other people coming to terms with the fact that
1: like Elizabeth is ruthless. She
0: is.
1: It's not that she doesn't care. She's just, she's just ruthless. And, I mean, these are bad people. So it's, there's not a huge loss
0: in this world. Right. I mean, both Martin and Frank Andrade have killed people. Like they yeah. mention it in their chapters. So like, I mean, they're not good guys, but also just like willingly
1: being like, Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. She's just like really plays harsh it off for like a bit of fun. She's like, oh, I just mm-hmm. wanted to spice it up a little bit. I mean, I don't yeah. think that's really genuinely how she feels about it, because you know they keep the diamond Spoilers, but right. But like,
0: I also I think she gets a little bit of pleasure out of being like the only mm-hmm. one who fully knows
1: what's happening. She had a lot of control for that. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's she's a complicated
1: character.
0: For sure. She's operates in that gray area. It's not black and white with her by any means. So Lance, who was left in the room with Bogdan (laughs) and two dead bodies. Yeah. He swipes those two little diamonds. He turns the cameras off and then he takes the diamonds. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Love it. Just two, just two diamonds.
1: In the coroner's van headed back to the safe house, Elizabeth and Joyce are with Sue over the dead body of Martin Lomax. And mm-hmm. Elizabeth is like, look, I figured it out on the way here. I know it was you that killed them. Let's chat about it.
0: Them being Douglas
1: and Yes, Poppy. right. Yes. The original. First. Yes. Yeah,
0: we have that moment where Sue kind of does the monologue. Here's my grand plan. The
1: Nancy Drew Drew monologue. monologue. I love a good villain monologue. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Because all the pieces come together, you know? Yeah, this is
0: where all the payoff is. So these last few chapters. But I want to note before we dive in that the whole time Joyce is pretending to be very aloof. And it's just sort of. Playing a little word search game on her phone. It's so cute. Not really invested in what's happening with Elizabeth and Sue.
1: (laughs) No, it's just, she's just along for the ride, man. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? I strive to be that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Sue lays it all out and she explains she and Douglas were actually lovers and they had planned this whole diamond heist together and we're going to run off together with these diamonds but upon reading his letter to Elizabeth where he proclaims his love for Elizabeth and is like would you like to run away with me and these
1: (laughs) (laughs) clearly he wasn't going to do that with Sue (laughs) like excuse
0: me yeah um so then she decides she's going to kill douglas and And poppy Poppy as well poppy read the letter too so she's hired her friend to pose as siobhan Mm -hmm. as poppy's mom and then she has sent three armed men ahead of them mm-hmm. right now to Joyce's house to find the diamonds. Cause she knows that's where they're hidden.
1: Yeah. So they get to Joyce's house and they're expecting, I basically like Elizabeth is like, look, we've given up. You don't need to be pulling all this, but whatever. They mm-hmm. go up the elevator and immediately Elizabeth is like, hit the floor, Joyce. And so they do. And Sue gets shot in the shoulder by Bogdan. Bogdan, Crazy. Yeah. Saves the he day He always saves the day because he's the best character, I and him. I love him. <laughs> uh, I'm in yes, love with. He's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's such spy thrillery, yes. like twisty turns. These last few chapters, yes. And yeah, Bogdan, cool as a cucumber,
1: shoots Sue in exactly the like, shoulder. Where he wants her like in the shoulders that she drops her gun. He's like, y'all want some tea? Invites them in for tea. I'm like, oh my gosh, the swagger (laughs)
0: this man has. Oh, hot. (laughs) So we have once again flipped the tables. Mm -hmm. Sue (laughs) is being bandaged up by Joyce. Yeah, because Joyce is a nurse. Let's not forget. And so Bogdan and Steven tell them their side of the story. So sue's three armed men that she sent ahead she actually sent them to elizabeth's house because that's where she thought the diamonds would Mm -hmm. be or she at least thought steven would know where the diamonds Mm -hmm. were are yeah and bogdan was there with him thankfully and he convinces those three dudes he's like no leave steven alone i know where the diamonds are follow me leave your
1: guns here because the people around here will get scared and just come with me they
0: barely step out the front door And Steven's like, I heard a noise. And then Bogdan walks
1: back in. He took out those three dudes like that. So fast. He just, like, no problem. uh, They're unconscious now. I I called an ambulance for them. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a moment where, um, Sue and Elizabeth and Joyce are in the coroner's van, almost to Joyce's house, and Elizabeth hears Mm. the ambulance go past, and she's like, "Oh my god, I hope Stephen's okay." Yeah. It turns out no, it's those three incapacitated
1: (laughs) just (laughs) fucked him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he takes Siobhan over to Joyce's where they prepare tea, and then he shoots Sue. Mm-hmm. It is also revealed here that Siobhan is actually Sally Montag, which is Douglas's other ex-wife. So it's like a reunion of ex-wives of this man. Yep,
0: Elizabeth is. This is not lost on her. She's like, oof, like the three yeah. Douglas's three women, you know, like. Yeah. And he kind of played them all. So this is kind of like the wrap-up chapter. Yeah. Is like the whole story is played out here. We know where the diamonds are. We know what happened to Douglas. We know what happened to Poppy. Mm-hmm. It turns out that Poppy's mother is actually named mm-hmm. Siobhan. Like, Joyce reaches out to her later and is actually seeking, like, a relationship with this woman like she originally intended to do, only it's the yeah. real Siobhan this time.
1: And Joyce, like the sweet woman that she is, gets a tattoo of a poppy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, (sighs) she she made a secret appointment at a tattoo parlor and just went and got a little tattoo of a poppy which is
1: so love it so much i think it's so cute
0: she even mentioned she's like yeah it's in a place like at the top of my arm where like it's always going to be covered no one's going to know it's there she does not do this it's not performative no she just deeply connected with poppy Mm -hmm. and like i love joyce so freaking much you
1: too yep Um, so we get wrap up of different people. So Patrice basically admits to herself that she loves Chris and Mm -hmm. she is very quickly rewarded. He comes to her house in London and says that he loves her. (laughs) He's in love with her. Yes. Cute. It builds the suspense. here. I know because I thought there was going to be a payoff and then it wasn't. And I was like, what?
0: Yeah. It's just like Patrice sitting at home drinking wine and grading papers and she like receives a knock on the door and it sort of builds up you're like oh no who's at the door yeah because all this shit just went down elsewhere and so you think like maybe some sort of trigger has gone off connie's been got we need to like get revenge or something yeah and so i was like oh shit and then of course it's chris with a bouquet of flowers and i was like
1: i know relief (laughs) but then they also still don't talk about it so i'm like i wonder if this is going to come back in the third book i hope so i yeah i don't
0: I don't know because, yeah, I mean, Connie had a whole operation, yeah. so I assume whoever she yeah. had stationed
1: at Patrice's... Right, and she's like... Ready to... Gonna get revenge on them. She said that in this book. She's mad at them. It'll be interesting if that doesn't come back around,
0: but it's not mentioned, <laughs> so...
1: Um, Joyce... Joyce. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she convinces Ibrahim to drive her to get her dog and he... Has this whole little monologue about he's he's not gonna do it. He's gonna be a hermit forever because he's scared, and he loves her for trying to get people to make themselves better and whatever. But like lost cause, Joyce. He's like, but I'm not gonna do it. And yet. Joyce I'm is none. like, but... and then he does it.
0: <laughs> yeah i love that of course she's able to talk him into this i know it's the best she adopts a dog his name's alan she doesn't have him yet but he's coming to live with her soon and that's who is all over her instagram fake slash real Instagram. i looked at it it. she
1: it's even from her perspective like the captions talk about the characters i love it so much that's so cute it's great and lastly bogdan plays chess with steven And he asked Stephen how long it was until he knew he was in love Mm. because Bogdan is into Donna. Yay! He's taking a little notice of our
0: girl, which honestly, like, I feel like most of the time you would be like, oh, no, Donna doesn't need that. But, like, honestly, Bogdan, I'm like, yep, yep, she deserves a Bogdan. I'm all in. And he deserves a I'm all in on this relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and Stephen basically convinces him he's like go for it if she says no she says no but like what's the worst that yeah, can happen yeah. and bogdan's like cool i'm gonna do it and we don't actually see any of that play out but i'm sure oh, it's all in set the, next for the next book
1: heck yeah i'm about it
0: they mentioned that elizabeth is out of town yeah in antwerp on business which of course that's where the diamond broker
1: was yeah so they obviously kept the diamonds which how mi five would not Uh, I I, I think that is unrealistic.
0: It glosses over the fact that there's no way they would have actually ended up keeping the diamonds. Like MI5, the government would have absolutely confiscated them. And the
1: mafia would still be after them. Probably more so now that they have killed one of their people. The second in command, no less. Yeah, so I like the payoff of this because it's cute, but I'm like, there's no fucking way. There's... A lot of loose
0: threads left open yeah. with this plot wrap up, which I I'm gonna reserve my judgment on whether that's good or bad because they might come back around and play into the plot further in a future book. Yeah. But if they don't, I'm like, well you left a lot of loose ends there that just have no There's no consequences whatsoever.
1: for them taking this anyways. So the kind of epilogue last chapter thing is is a it explains where the diamonds went. Um so I will yes. read it now. A woman named Sylvia, if you remember her from the preface, logs in at her work desk to do her usual routine of checking all the bank accounts to make sure the money entering and exiting the accounts is correct. She is shocked when she sees the huge change in the bank account balance. Interrupting the board meeting is not something she likes the idea of doing. But she straightens the framed photo of her late husband, Dennis, his face giving her the courage she needs. The board members of Living With Dementia Charity give her odd looks as she interrupts to ask, does anyone know about a donation of 20 million pounds from Antwerp? <laughs> mm, so she donated all the money to Living With Dementia. She donated it all.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, there's... You know, um, i was crying again? A, I'm crying again because... <laughs> The man who died twice paid off in a way that I was not ready for (laughs) in this chapter. Um, let me find it. She checks and double checks the screen, then checks and double checks the information she has written down. She takes a final look at the photograph of Dennis, her husband, her love, gone to dementia, then gone forever. The man who died twice. (sighs) Fuck. Fuck. I wasn't ready. (laughs) I was not ready. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. 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 I finished this book and I was I got up and was in the kitchen making lunch and Kendall walked in and he was like, Oh, you finished it. Like, how do you feel? And I was like, I'm not okay. Okay. (laughs) Not okay. I'm not okay. I'm very distraught. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it just came out of nowhere for me, like, i thought the man who died twice title had paid off already so i wasn't expecting anything like that and like
1: yeah oh man it really hits you in the feels with this kind of stuff the concept of
0: like people with dementia and Mm -hmm. alzheimer's essentially dying twice to their from their caregivers perspective Mm -hmm. because their mind and then their body yeah it's two deaths it's awful yeah it hit me hard
1: hit me real hard
0: But yeah, it's a perfect little wrap up. And like I said, I do love that
1: the preface comes back around. Oh, yeah, for sure. Everything comes full circle. I mean, there's a couple of things that we've already talked about that we don't love. But for the most part, it's just all it's all great. It's all great.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What do you rate it? I'm going four out of five. Yeah, I think
0: I I can't recall what I gave murder Club I think it was a five out of five I get it four and a
1: half or something
0: it was more than four I'm pretty sure yeah. and like with murder Club it felt a lot more tightly wrapped mm-hmm, up at the end for sure this one just doesn't as we've discussed and I don't think as far as like a murder mystery it's
1: quite as compelling yeah I agree I don't love the story as much and the vibes aren't as cozy. But that being said, the deeper dives
0: into, Mm -hmm. like, especially Ibrahim and Joyce. Yes. And Elizabeth. uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ibrahim and Elizabeth are so, like, totally worth it for me. I'm all about it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very excited to read the next one.
1: But yeah. So they did. uh, Sorry. What was your rating? I'm going to do four as well. I think that's a solid choice. Yeah. I really enjoyed it a lot. It's an easy read. It goes quick. I think it's clever and witty and charming as heck. But I am in it for the characters. And I thought the story... I I mean, the story wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it was a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? It was a lot. No,
0: I I know exactly what you mean. So... Just a little fun thing to add on to the end here. So they've announced Richard Osman has sold the rights for Murder Club. So they are making a movie. And I I did not know that. That's exciting. This is happening, but they haven't made any casting decisions yet. Yeah. But I thought it would be fun if we could go through and like do our little dream fan cast yes. of these characters, at least like the ma- the very main right, ones. Right right. Now. So Joyce, some of these people, some of these characters, I had multiple people in my brain and some of them I'm like, this is the only person yeah, I, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And Joyce for me is Julie Walters. I
1: totally see it. I, yes.
0: <laughs> for reference, she's like Mrs. Weasley mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter films. She's in Mamma Mia. Yes. She just, can pull off that like really sweet, mm-hmm. comforting, kind mm-hmm. woman. Yes. She has that energy.
1: I could totally see the wit coming from her. Right. Yes. I love it. Yeah.
0: Like she can do it all. And I think she would do it really well. Yeah. And yeah. So for Elizabeth, who I had a little bit of a trickier time mm-hmm. with, because there needs to be like a certain amount of physicality to her. Oh, like for she sure. needs to look like she could have been a spy and it's often talked about how like elizabeth is still quite strikingly pretty Mm -hmm. and so i chose helen mirren yeah but i also really like lauren's choice i chose emma
1: thompson
0: i mean looking
1: at the pictures that we have on our notes they look very similar
0: (laughs) yeah especially the the (laughs) pictures we have they both
1: have like that short blonde hair happening and i could see them both being like cold and kind of bitchy but also yeah. the softer side coming through like when she's talking to steven and stuff absolutely so i never saw
0: these movies but there was a series of movies called like red and red oh my two. god you've
1: never seen them hannah you no, would love them but um you have to helen mirren plays us by yes. in the then
0: yeah. those movies and She does great. so it works out really well yeah, yeah. 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 Ibrahim is a hard one. Oh, for sure. Because like he's British. Yeah. Like, he is a British man. The character is British, but he's also Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And that pool of actors is small. Yeah. I so like unless I you like did a casting choice, call. Though. Right. Like un- unless you did a casting call and actually sought out someone that I'm not just right, not, not aware already. of. So my choice was Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. he's of indian descent but he's also a british actor and i just feel like he has the right look to him like he just has this like kind
1: face yeah mm-hmm. and i
0: just i don't know i can see i could see him being a psychiatrist
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: and just ugh, i love Fair him home. um ron was also really hard for me
1: oh wait no that's not i was gonna say your choice for um douglas was really good Perfect. Oh. I do like it. <laughs> Well we can talk about sorry, no go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we can talk about Douglas. Um, no, like he he was also hard for Dude, me to choose if this man is perfect. Hugh Laurie. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> I at first I was thinking Hugh Grant, because Hugh Grant can do that like cocky, smarmy, mm. full of himself yeah. but also really charming yeah. thing really well. But I think he's just a smidge young. too young. he's pretty young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still.
1: No, I think I think this man is perfect. He... Hugh Laurie. He does the cocky, smug, really charming thing really well in-house, you know?
0: Right. Like, Um, I think his house character, for me, informed how I think he would pull off Douglas. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. For Ron, you did Pierce Brosnan. Um, Yeah. I would... Because I know him from Mamma Mia, and I wonder if his acting is strong enough to play the, like man man I think
0: weird I struggled with Ron the most because yeah, he's unique he's supposed to be still quite like he he and his like his son Jason went on to be like a famous boxer yeah so the still like quite strong and physically able yeah mm. appearance needs to be there he's aggressive and I feel like somebody that looks like they could be a little bit intimidating still even in their 70s so I still don't feel strongly about yeah. Pierce Brosnan but I couldn't I didn't really have an alternative. Mm. So I'm sure there's one out there that's a better fit. So find us on social with your your recommendations, your fan casts for Ron. Mm. Donna was also a fun one for me because there was like a really quite a big pool of, of younger, like black English Mm -hmm. actresses that I think could totally handle Donna. She's sassy. She's
1: smart. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I had chosen Naomi Harris, uh, which you would know her from. She's in like the later Daniel Craig Bond films. Okay. Yeah. She's an MI6 agent (laughs) in in those films. Resume is there already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just think she works well. And I also chose her specifically because my choice for patrice i think
1: they sort of resemble mm, each other yeah, a little yeah. bit i went for sophie duker
0: <laughs> which would be amazing <laughs> <I know>. honestly
1: <laughs> sophie duker is a
0: comedian but i think she Dude, had like she, could, she, pull she could pull it, off. it
1: she could pull it off i mostly only know her from taskmaster but i love her and yeah
0: she's great yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love sophie um so moving on to i guess
0: we'll do patrice quickly i had picked a joa ando which um i was trying to choose actors or actresses that i had seen in something else so like obviously like there's a larger pool of like Mm -hmm. older black british actresses but she if you have watched bridgerton is the queen oh okay Yeah, yeah yeah and i think she could do it really well but also she and um naomi harris i think have a lot of similar like facial features mm-hmm. like their jaw structure and everything so I think they could pull off a mom and daughter quite well and Patrice is supposed to be quite a beautiful woman oh, and
1: she definitely is yeah
0: yeah she's she's stunning so
1: for Chris you did Sean Bean I like he that was it is hard yeah
0: it was hard for me to because like Chris at least when you first meet him in the first book is supposed to be a man who is quite handsome but it just does not take care of himself so he just doesn't look healthy he seems quite miserable also but i was basing my casting choice off of his character in this book specifically Mm -hmm. which i think sean bean fits a little bit more but like yeah i don't know i don't i'm not sold on this one just like pierce brosnan i was thinking stephen
1: fry that's also good. My only thing with Stephen Fry was that he felt a little I think he's old. too old now. I agree. But I think, you know... Younger, younger Stephen Fry for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep, yep, yep.
0: I definitely thought about him because I do think he, like, looks the part and... Yeah. yeah that would be the dream cast if we if could, we could uh, pick age their him ages. back like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, Um, That would be ideal. I don't love your Bogdan choice, but I think yeah, Bogdan is an amalgam of people and he's unattainable <laughs> he's so i
0: struggled so no offense to mr simon Pegg, because i do love you mr simon Pegg, but he's not the most like traditionally handsome man yeah but he's making a movie either recently or right now and he slimmed down a lot for the role and he's kind of ripped and really he, he has like a lot of fake Wait, are you tattoos talking about Nick for Frost? this character no, I'm talking about Simon Peck. He was
1: already pretty slim.
0: But if you look at pictures, he's like <laughs> real thin. Like he's... Okay,
1: wow. Lost
0: any pudge. Okay. And with the tattoos, I'm like, okay, I see it. I see the Bogdan there. I have just seen like press photos of him walking around with all these tattoos huh. for this other character he's playing. And I and okay. like, that's just the first thing I thought Interesting. of. So that could work for me. But mm. I put James McAvoy on here because... I think he could do yeah,
1: a Bogdan. He could probably pull it off. Bogdan is hard. Bogdan like you is said, hard. he's like an amalgam. I do. I think he's an unattainable character because he's perfect. I put Vin Diesel on here, not because I think Vin Diesel should be. Like, yes, that energy. That energy, yes. And the body build, you know.
0: Yeah, because he's supposed to have this like really seedy background mm-hmm. where he like, was in like organized crime yeah. and sort of got out of it but like still has the full skill set. Mm, yes. Definitely. <laughs> and he's I mean he took down 3 dudes so he needs to be like beefy enough to do that right. and have the skills to do that. So Bogdan is for sure the hardest one to nail down and I will be very critical <laughs> of their casting choices. I will be too. I'm probably going to be annoyed with
1: whoever they choose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like the other characters, I can see multiple people playing, but yeah. Bogdan is just so hard to nail down for mm-hmm. me. Um, maybe they'll nail it. Maybe. maybe they'll pull somebody
1: and I'll be like, of course,
0: yes. but I just don't know.
1: Yeah. And he's Polish too, so it would be it would yeah. be good for them to pick a Polish actor. I don't know if they will, but yeah. Right. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I hope that the that movie was is good. I want that. I have
0: high hopes. It's funny because i picked my casting choices and then I was like I wonder if they have actually cast the movie and so I googled that and Richard Osman was briefly interviewed about it and he's like no they haven't cast anybody yet but he was like but I like walk down the street and I have people be like julie walters would be perfect for this helen mirren would be perfect for oh this my and i'm gosh. like those are the people that i chose
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i guess the, the fan base is in agreement we're just gonna as a collective fan base cast this movie <laughs> <laughs> i
0: mean that's how they should be cast but yeah so that was just something fun i thought we would tack on Thank you so much for listening today. This has been another episode of Senior Detectives. Please join us next time. We're going to be discussing the 2002 Nancy Drew Yay, movie. Yay, Nancy
1: Drew! We're coming back for you.
0: <laughs> I've never seen this. I don't. I haven't seen any of the Nancy Drew oh, films. Oh, none of so them? I haven't seen this one either. None of them. So this will be an adventure because I don't know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it could, could be really bad. I hope it's not. <laughs> I hope it's not, but I also feel like the cheese will be real. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) We love a good cheese, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, join us next time. Thank you so much. Bye.
0: Bye.